Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live.
And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 533 starts right after a word from crystalhickerson.com. The novels of Crystal Hickerson. The Magician. The metaphysical action drama about the fight between good and evil which holds the fate of man in the balance. Street Corners. A tragic romantic crime saga of a man who has the hearts of two very different women in his hands. The choice he makes will hurt them both. Wanted. A ghostly story about a woman caught between the planes of life and death. It is left up to the reader to decide which reality was real. The Volunteer. The struggle of a man with his career and his life teetering on thin ice. Can love truly conquer all? And if you think this is the end for Crystal, you would be wrong. For as you listen to this, a new dynamic tale is on the way. Go to crystalhickerson.com to purchase all of her novels. Follow her on social media and listen to her on the radio at thecrystalshow.com. Enter the amazing world at crystalhickerson.com. My thanks to crystalhickerson.com for being a sponsor of the Top Q Radio Show. Also, um, later on in the show, you'll hear from sponsors Dynamo Men um, and their song, Look to the Sky, and Ray William Roden's song, Daisy and Hank. That'll come later in the show. All right. We're talking about how to say no. Okay. It's easier said than done. I mean, you know, sometimes in life, you have to be selfish. You have to be able to think of yourself to avoid doing a disservice to yourself, okay? Now, a lot of people who are categorized as nice guys or nice girls will sometimes help others, even at their own expense, financially, physically, or, you know, emotionally. It's time out for that stuff. It's time to stop doing something, stop doing something for nothing, Um I mean, I guess unless you're okay with that, but why would you be? But let's be honest. I mean, most of us are not. Most of us expect something for our troubles when we help people, and that may be wrong, but, I mean, you'll lead a life of disappointment if you go through life expecting someone to be loyal or reciprocate every little thing that you do for them. So sometimes a thank you has to be enough. You have to pick and choose when to help people. You also have to do it because you want to help and not because you want something in return, all right? So that's what you have to focus on. Do it because you want to do it and not because you're expecting something in return. And after tonight, hopefully you'll be able to recognize situations um, that may not be worth your time in trying to assist. But let me go to the phone lines. And let me go to the 248 area code. 
Motor City of Detroit, and welcome on the author, the show hostess, and show legend, Crystal Hickerson. What's going on? Thank you. How are you? I am doing well. How's everything going up north? Uh, pretty good. Is it cold up there? Nothing to complain about. Well, it's, you know, it's Michigan, so it's cooler. It's in the um, 50s and 60s, so it's nice fall weather. Cool, cool. All right, well, I will go east of you to the 732 area code, the Garden State of New Jersey, and welcome on the show enforcer, Ray. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Q? Crystal, how y'all doing tonight? Doing pretty well. And to the 850 area code I go, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida, to welcome on the man in black. Buckster. What's happening, Buck? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? How you doing, Ray and Crystal? Hey, Buck. All right. All right, man. We'll get started. 347-202-0215. First question, Crystal, I'll start with you, just your personal opinion. Who has a harder time saying no when asked for a favor, men or women? Um, I really think it's um equal because I think it's really situational. Um, so I, but if I had to choose, since you're asking the question, I, I guess it would be women, um, just just by um, nature of what we what we do. You know, we tend to nurture, we tend to take care of, and that kind of a thing. So just in general, we tend to um, say yes. Okay. And, Ray, what do you think, man? Who do you think has a harder time saying no, men or women, when it comes to doing favors? Uh, I agree. That's that's situational. I mean, uh, because guys on guys, it probably would be, pretty easy, or a guy just tell you a lie, they tell you they're going to do something, but they really ain't going to do it, but a guy to a female, you know, guys are suckers for, suckers for women, so, you know, girls will tell you, oh, she got a flat, oh, she need a ride, oh, she need $10, you know, guys wind up around the corner willing to help, so it's kind of hard to say, it's situational, so. I have to agree. I mean, it all depends on the situation, but if I had to pick one, I would probably say it's harder for men. Okay. Buck, what do you think, man? Buck? First question, bro? My bad. I had it on mute. Oh, okay. (laughs) I, I was talking away, and you're like, well, well, I'm like, uh-oh, my bad. Um, I would say I have to agree with Crystal and Ray. I think it is situational. Um, it, it it really depends because, but if, you know, it depends on what the situation is, whether, you know, I know my next-door neighbor, you know, he helped me out, you know, when I was moving into this place. He let me borrow his trailer. So that was pretty cool. So, um but it's situational. It really depends. But if I had to say, is it, you know, which one, I would have to say guys because I think that, you know, we always, you know, you see somebody on the side of the road, 
you know, you typically, you know, pull over to help them out if they have a flat or need a jump or something like that. So I think it's harder for us to say no than it would be from a female you know, perspective. Okay. On Twitter, hey, uh, let's see, C. Morgan Fly chimes in, and um, she says, I have to say that they're just about the same. I've known some giving men and women, and I've known some really selfish ones. Um, I think, I think it may be harder for guys to say no. Um, I don't know. I, I just, for some reason, that's that's just the direction I lean, because like Buck says, if a guy wants to jump off or he, hey man, can you run me to the store? I mean, I just look for guys to say, sure, I'll do that a lot quicker than women. Uh, so that's just my personal opinion. But okay, so. Crystal, back to you. Um, do you consider a person who rarely says no to favors as a pushover? Um, repeat that, please. Do you think that a person who rarely says no um, when asked for a favor, do you consider those type of people pushovers? Um, not necessarily a uh, pushover. Um because to me, a, a pushover is someone who who does something all the time for people um, without regard to themselves. Now, just because you tend to be a helping person doesn't necessarily mean that you're hurting yourself by doing that. Um, that could be the way you are. And by virtue of doing things for people makes you feel better and it doesn't cost you anything because, you know, you're okay. You know, you're not taking anything away from yourself. So I think it depends I think it's um it depends on the intention of why you're giving which would make you a pushover. If you're doing something you clearly do not want to do is taking you out of um yourself or it's taking time away from something that you could be doing um that you would rather be doing or should be doing but you do this for this person or people in order for them to like you. That's a pushover. So so just because someone is a, a very helping person doesn't mean that they're they're pushovers. Ray, do you agree? Do you think that a person who rarely says no no is a pushover, or do you agree with what Crystal was saying? Um, yeah, I think you can't say uh, yes all the time or pretty much a greater majority of the time and not be a pushover. Because it's all right to help people, it's all right to give people um, advice, it's all right to be a giving person. But when you say yes too much, nine out of ten people you come in contact with are going to take advantage of that. So, you know, it's kind of like if, if you say a person asks you for ten dollars. You say, okay, every time you see him, you say, oh, you can use the money or whatever case is, go and give him something to eat, give him $10. I've had people say it, you know. Oh, mm. man, they look at what's in your wallet or whatever, what you got in your hand, now the 10 ain't good enough. You know what I'm saying? Yo, uh, <clears throat> you know, you think you can hit me with a 20, whether it's family or whatever, you know, they out in the street or they doing whatever they do, they ain't right, but you try to help them out. You know, you can't say yes because if you do, every time they see, hey, cuz, hey, nephew, let me all at you for a minute. Okay, every time you all at me, you want something. Right. So I think you got to say no. 
Okay. And on Twitter, SPKK13 chimed in and said, depends on the situation. People who are on the receiving end of, um, of the favor, she said, are probably more of a people pleaser and seeking validation, I guess, more so than being a pushover. They want something out of it for themselves. But I don't know, but Buck, Buck, let me ask you this. Is it harder to say no to family, friends, coworkers, or even the opposite sex? I mean, as far as, I mean, it's easy to say no. Maybe if a homeless person on the street asks you for change, you don't know who they are or something like that, a stranger. But what about people you, you come into contact with regularly? Uh, you got to be careful with people that you get come in contact with regularly because sometimes they can take advantage of you. Um, especially, you know, if you're one of the ones that, you know, you know, is real gifted as far as being able to do certain things. Because, um, you know, if you know how to do a lot, it's a gift and a curse because, you know, they always come to you first before they go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, it's situational because it it, it depends on who who's doing the asking. You know, if for me, since my folks live in Mississippi, um, you know, and I live in Pensacola, you know, it's hard. It's harder for them to ask me to do something for them unless I come home. And you know, when I'm there, then I end up doing everything. <laughs> so, but um, you know, and I don't mind that because you know th- those are my folks. But it's you know people that are around here that always ask me to do something almost every time they see me. You know those. You know you. You know it's a little. You know you don't mind helping. Sometimes you just have to say no because you may want to do something other than you know fix this, fix that, or what have you. So. You know, sometimes it is harder to, you know, for, you know, it just depends on where you are and, you know, who's doing the asking, you know. But there are times where you do have to say, no, I can't do it this time because, you know, I'm doing this, that, or the other. You know, you can't really feel bad about it because, you know, so you got to have your own time as well. Okay. Crystal, what do you think? Is it harder to say no to strangers or people you deal with regularly, like family, friends, and coworkers? Um, neither. I mean, to me, it really doesn't make any difference. I mean, I have um, given to people on the street. Um, you know, if I, I don't know, if I just if the stars are aligned where I have money, extra money, and I have it, and they're on the right side of the road, and they, I don't know, I just feel like giving, then I do. But um, as far as you know, giving like to family members and things like that, or friends, quote-unquote. I guess it would mainly be um, family. Uh, I don't think I've ever just, like, given money. I guess that's what we're talking about, money, Um, to, like, coworkers or people like that. I mean, I've bought lunches for people, I guess. I don't know. But um, if I, you know, if I give uh, money to, like, um, family or friends, then to me that's not, I mean, if I have it to give, they ask, and I know their situation, of course, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to give it. I mean, it doesn't necessarily um, have to be money. I mean, a favor is a favor. It can be be anything. It can be helping somebody move. It can be um, getting up out of your bed because they're having car trouble and they need a ride or any type of favor. Uh, no, I mean, if I can do it, I'll do it. I mean, that's, you know, it's not a problem for me. 
So, I mean, if it's something that I can do, if I can't, clearly can't do it, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. probably not going to help anybody move. Um, per se, I'm not moving furniture. That's not happening. But, you know, I mean, I'll drive you, help you, I don't know, drive somewhere. I'll take you, you know, where you need to go or something like mm-hmm. that. But if there's something I can do, I, I'll do it. And I don't ever expect anything in return. Because okay. That's ridiculous. Now, on Twitter, C. Morgan Fly says, I learned that it's okay to say no to people no matter who they are. I've given entirely too much of myself away. She said, also, you can love them and still say no. It took me a while to learn that saying no doesn't make me a monster. Very true. Very true. And so, Chris, I'm going to stick with you right quick since you mentioned money. If a friend asks you for a huge loan, and huge can be whatever you think is huge to you, I mean, what's your response? I mean, you, you don't want to do it, so how do you respond? I ain't got it. You know, there it is. <laughs> I don't have it. You know, if I had it, baby, I'd give it to you, but I ain't got it. <laughs> you know, that's it. Ray, what about you, man? Someone asked you for a huge loan, and huge could be whatever you consider huge in your mind. I mean, you want to tell them no. What's your response? No, I mean, um, oh, do I have to want to tell them no? Or yeah, what yeah, would be you... my response if they ask me? What would be your response if they ask you and you were and you're going to tell them no? How would you tell them no? I would just basically tell them based upon what their what their reasoning is. See, anytime somebody wants anything, you have to ask why. I had a lot of exes that got mad because, you know, oh, you're my boyfriend, you're supposed to give it to me. No. If you're going to work every day, you ain't got no money. I need to know why. You're putting up your nose, what you're doing. So they get mad about that. Oh, you have like my father and this and that. But you're not supposed to give nobody nothing. And you go down there to the bank where the white folks going to take you. We want paperwork. We want to know this. We want to know that. Why you? Why should you be any different? Now, different, you know, little money here and there. But if somebody wants a, a, a sizable amount of money where you say, well, okay, i like to help you out. It's different. You know, they got a kid going to college or somebody trying to do something. I don't mind helping somebody if I was able to do that. But you talking about, well, you know, you, like I say, I had a girl one time, she was, what, like eight months behind in her rent and going to work every day. So, you know, the man ain't put you out what's going on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The man ain't put you out. What's going on? What kind of favors you doing? His wife want to put you out, but he don't. So I don't know what's going on, you know, but that's another story. So I would just tell them basically no and I explain my reason and why if they want to know why. Either we got cool or this, that, and another, if you don't have it, you don't have it, or, you know, you just don't believe that would be a good investment or whatever the case may be, sometimes you just have to say that. Okay. Buck, what about you, man? How do you tell them no? Asking you for a huge loan. Hey, if you, you know, if I don't have it, then if I don't have it, I'm going to just say no, I don't have it, you know. I mean, if you have um, it. What if you have it? Just, you don't, it's just a lot of money. If it's a lot of money, you still need to, I mean, I'm kind of like Ray on that. You know, you really want to know why they need it. You know, it's got to be a legitimate reason. Um, you know, 
you know, it depends on you know who the person is too. Um, you know, if they got you know maybe they hit some hard times or something like that, and you you know you're not in a big hurry of getting it back. You know, you know that's one thing. But you know, if 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 it's just somebody you know just somebody you you acquaintance and they asking you for a big loan, you had or somebody you hadn't seen in a while, and the first thing they ask you is money. I'm just I'm just flat tell them no. You know. You know, I got to, after I find, even, you know, even if I find out, you know, the reason or not, because sometimes some people just pop out of nowhere, ask you for something, and then you don't see them no more. So, you know, you want to make sure, you know, somebody, you know, say, hey, man, you know, I got to have some legitimate, you got to have a legitimate reason. And, you know, if it's legitimate enough, then, but if it's not, regardless of what it is, you know, just say no. Just, Just don't beat around the bush about it. Just tell them flat out no. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'll be honest with you, man. If I, um, I if I if it's too much, if someone just walks up to me, yo, Q, let me get, I, I need to borrow five thousand dollars. If I can't afford to give someone five thousand dollars, which I can't, I really don't care what your reason is. I don't have to know your reason. <laughs> <laughs> it could be because, hey, man, I got to have brain surgery. Bro, I can't give you $5,000 even for that brain, you know. I mean, I guess I guess the only reason I'd ask, if I if I knew them well enough or felt, it felt like something was wrong, maybe I could put something towards it. Like, you know, bro, I can give you 500 on it, and that way that'll put you on my way. But, um... Yeah, I don't. I don't care. I, I've never been one to say I don't have it. I, I'll just say I, I I can't afford to part with it right now. I, that's just a little too much for me right now. It's a little too steep. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, everyone has their own their own way of doing it, but uh, whew, I don't know. So, Ray, Ray, how do you prevent immediate family from taking advantage of you? if they're constantly asking for favors. You know, say you have a cousin who needs it alone. You went ahead and broke them off. You had the money. All right. So then another cousin shows up. I guess maybe they heard you loan the first one money. And people are just constantly coming to you. Man, how do you break all that up without alienating your family? I mean, to to a certain extent, you have to just let people know where you're coming from. And I think with anything, you have to have a certain amount of asshole about you. You know, and yeah, I'm serious. Be a, be a good, be a good right. boss. Anything you have a certain amount of asshole about you. You know, everybody you trying to be nice to everybody, this, that, and another. Once you say what you say, cut it off right there. You know, and just let it, let it be that because if, if if you give one time, and then you have a person come back again, hey, you know, man, let me holler at you. Now. You know, they ask you, you know, how you doing, this, that, and another. You see them over there whispering, oh, here it comes. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, I just want to get me some cigarettes and get this, that. All right, you know, I got you, everything cool, but time I've done that, now I'm telling you, I go out of town, man, for, for three days and get hit up three days. You know what I'm saying? And it shouldn't be like that. I looked up to you. You should be giving me money. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you got to have that conversation. I don't care if you own, you own drugs, you like to get drunk or whatever you like to do. You got to understand that, you know, there are places that you can go 
and you can earn this. Mm-hmm. But you know anything about that? Sometimes you gotta have that conversation. Right? You don't want to hear it. I don't like any asshole he is and that. But hey, you gotta have a certain amount of that about yourself. When people say, "I ain't gonna come to him because man, he acting funny," that's good. See, I like to loan people small amounts of money. Five dollars, two dollars, ten dollars, and I hope you don't pay me back because I know you can never come back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't gonna pay you back. Like, it, like it, you know, you got $2? Sure, I got $2. You, you know how it is, though. You know how it is, though. When you loan people money, a lot of times they forget about you. They forget where you live and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you definitely won't see them again. That's, uh... All right. Go to the 910 area code, I go. The Tar Heel State, but he's making his way out of the Lone Star State of Texas. The man who plays a doctor on the radio, Dr. Bobby Willis. What's happening, man? What's up, Q? What's going on, fam? How everybody doing tonight? Doing well, man. All right. What's up? Dr. Willis, how do you keep your family from just, you know, constantly asking you for favors? You got a, a sister who, you know, wants you to help, you know, set up for her birthday party somewhere, or you got a a brother who's having car problems, so he wants to borrow your car. I mean, how do you break all that up about alienating your family? I think that uh, if if you have a habit of doing that, then uh, the best advice I can give you is just stop. I mean, they can't they can't really say that you don't you don't look out for them if you've been doing it. But you got to let them know. Hey, look, if this is not a life or death situation, or if you're not in a serious need, I. You know, I can't help you no more. I'm losing on my end providing for you. And they got to understand that. And if they don't, then, you know, oh, well. If they if they cut you off or leave, I mean, they, they haven't obviously been, a, you know, an addition to your life anyway. So, you know, you're not losing anything. And I hate mm-hmm. to sound like this. It's come to family, but you have to have a cutoff or otherwise they're going to keep bleeding you, bleeding you, bleeding you until you run dry. And then they thing you know, when you need help, there's nobody there. Okay, good points, good points. Let's see, on Twitter, C. Morgan Fly says, stand your ground. If they're the type to only call when they need something, then point that out to them. SPKK13 says, um, let's see, start talking about how many financial obligations you have often, and uh, or you can be direct and say, sorry, I don't have it. So she said she gave an indirect approach by talking about how, you know, you got your own bills you got to pay, and you got the direct repro- approach when you're just like, nah, bro, I ain't got it. All right. Hey, I got so, a good one, too, you. Okay. My dad used to teach me this. He say anytime you see somebody, they keep asking you for money, what you do is you ask them for money first. Say, hey, y'all, <laughs> excuse me, man. You know, you got $5 on you. Now he was getting ready to ask you. So now he know he can't ask you because you just asked him. <laughs> so when he roll up on you, like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, man, you got five. five. <laughs> yeah, $2 or whatever the case is. Say, man, you know I ain't got my wallet on me. You got $2 I can borrow. Now he knows he can't ask you for none because you didn't already get in for it. So oh, that's man. a good tip to everybody out there. That's a good one. I like that one. I like that one. 
Because some people, man, you can tell, you don't see them unless they want something. You can tell by the way they're looking at you, they're getting ready to ask you for something. So, all right, so, um, Buck, what about doing a favor for a coworker, man? I mean, that can go a long way towards networking. So does that mean you should say yes more on the job than you would know outside of work? I mean, you can you can help, you know. There's a you know you, you got your little clicks that you know at your offices and things of that nature, and you know, you pretty much know who to help and who not to help. Um, so, I mean, could it help you? You know, networking, yes, but you got to be sensible about it, and really you got to be sensible about anybody. It don't matter who it is, but you know, be sensible about it because you know the ones. I mean, we all seen them, especially in the work setting, the ones that always need something, and the one you know. You go to you go to your you know if you eat lunch and you eat it in the break room or whatnot, and these rats are running up on you trying to take your lunch or see what you have, and and them the ones is gonna be asking you, hey, I'm gonna be moving this weekend, can you help me? And these jokers ain't never packed, you know, they got all their shit still out, and you know, they want you to come over there and help, and you you say oh, I'll be over there nine o'clock, and they ain't even out of bed yet until ten. You expect all the stuff to be packed up, and these some bitches ain't packed. So them the ones you don't help. And you, if they if they kind of clowning at work when you eating lunch, them the kind you don't want to mess with anyway. So common sense should prevail somewhere. But the ones that seem like they got to act together, you know, they don't hardly ever bother you, and they, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they come over and ask you to help out, you know, and you help them out, and they they pack and they they down there waiting for you to get there. So. I mean, you you know the ones that do and the ones that don't. So I mean, I mean, common sense should really kind of play on that. Which ones you help and which ones you don't. Okay, Crystal, what do you think? I mean, when it comes to networking on the job, sometimes it's not what you know; it's who you know. So should you say yes on the job to favors more than maybe you say no outside of work? No, I learned a long time ago um, that your so-called acquaintances at work should be kept at bay. And you don't um, bring them into anything personal whatsoever at all. Okay. And so because um, as far as, you know, there's one thing to doing a favor like – I'll grab you a cup of coffee on my way back <laughs> or, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'll grab your copies that you made that you forgot, you know, that you printed off. I'll bring it to you to your desk or something. That's as far as my favors will go. I mean, I have, with some coworkers that I've known over the years, like I said, I may go to lunch with them or take them to lunch or something like that. But, you know, you don't want to. That's where people mess up. They think that networking means becoming friends or even work friends or whatever, pals, buddies. No, 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 no. That's the worst thing you could do. So um, absolutely not. No, I don't don't do favors. And I think everyone should, should take heed to that. Those, they are not your friends. Okay. And so, Dr. Willis, you have a coworker that comes to your desk and say, hey, uh, tomorrow is, I don't know, Jane Smith's birthday, and we're chipping $25 towards a gift to get Jane. 
Now, Dr. Willis, you don't really know Jane at all. You may have spoken to her once or twice, but you really don't know Jane. What's your response to that? A coworker asking you for money to go towards a gift for someone that you barely know in the office. I'll say just that. Hey, look, I don't know Jane like that, so you know, I'll, I'll pass on this one. You know, maybe next time, maybe I know about then or something. You know, but I'm not. I'm not gonna, you know, toss twenty five dollars on on a gift for somebody I don't even know at the office. You know, so I'll just be straightforward. Okay. And what about you, Ray? They want you to chip twenty five dollars in on Jane's gift, and you don't know Jane like that. You you barely know who she is. Well, you know your coworkers might try to talk about you if you don't do it. No, you know, well, most people kind of know how I am on certain things. So, you know, I'm a a giving person, but at the same time, it's got to make sense. Now, all right, is this something that we do for everybody, or is this something that, somebody that's close to the person they collected for, they want to get them something real nice. Then when your time come around, you know, we got 30 <laughs> people and, and, you know, we got $50. What the hell going on here? You know what I'm saying? But now you got her $30, you got 600 and something dollars. Now, you know, it, it, it don't make sense. Depends on how they, how they roll. If it's a good job atmosphere where you know, they have a dress-down day and superhero day, and, you know, everybody's involved with everything, then, okay, if I don't know the person, I try to do what I could. But if I know that they picking and choosing, oh, no, I can't do that, and I tell them exactly why I can't do that. <laughs> All right, I get that. And, uh, Chris, I'll let you chime in on it. You have a coworker you barely know and someone's collecting twenty five dollars towards that person's birthday and you don't even hardly know the person. Nope. <laughs> twenty five dollars a piece? I'm gonna say twenty five dollars for somebody that I know is a lot. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, Where's the card? Together, I'll sign I the card. Twenty five dollars. No. No, it goes back to my last answer. No. I'm not doing that. Well, let me ask you this. Your boss offers you a promotion, all right? Now, the promotion mm-hmm. gives you more money, but it's more hours and more stress. How do you say no? You don't I want don't. it because you know what comes with it. So how do you say no to the promotion, knowing that, you know, you may or may not get another opportunity at something else if you alienate your boss? Um, I'm not saying no to more money. That just don't happen. Okay, so, um, no, that's, you know, that's not even a question. I don't even understand what you're talking about there. Uh, you know, you had me at more money. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, with, with some jobs, and a lot of people don't do the math on it, with some jobs, like say, for example, if you're um, a salaried employee, all right, yes. you get another job, your salary, mm-hmm. you have more responsibilities, you work more hours. When you average the hours out, you're really not making much more than what you were before. Yeah, but, okay, M- more money, but I'm also getting a promotion. Okay, so that means I'm a little higher than what I was before. 
So that means something to me. So, so you're not okay. Yeah. You're not saying no. Okay, okay. No. But what about what about you, Buck? You know, you're getting offered a promotion that you know is going to be more stress and more hours, even though it may be more money. Um, how do you say no to your boss? Well, you know, it, to me, it would depend on how comfortable I was in my current condition, I mean, current position there. Um, you know, if I feel pretty comfortable in that and, you know, I like the hours and, you know, it doesn't take away from what, you know, family life or whatnot, then, you know, you just, t- you know, explain to them like that. Um, I mean, just be straightforward with it because there's no reason to say, mm, I don't know and all that kind of stuff. Just be straightforward because, you know, if it's, you know, or maybe you tell them you're interested in a different position, maybe not particularly that one, even though the boss may think you may be good at that one, it may be another position that you're really interested in. You may even tell them that um, to say, look, I, that's not something I'm really into. You know, that's not, you know, I don't feel like that's my forte. You know, I would like to stay where I'm at and, you know, try for a different position. So just get be straightforward with your boss and don't beat around the bush about it. Okay. Dr. Willis, what did you think, man? It's a promotion. It's more money, but maybe it puts you on the overnight shift or something like that or puts you at the night shift to where you're missing evenings with your kid or something like that so you know you can't take the job. How do you say no without ruining any future opportunities? I'll just look my boss in the face and say, hey, look, um, I appreciate the offer, um, but, you know, I have obligations and you know, keep me in mind for other future opportunities that line up with my schedule. And I'll leave it at that. I mean, that's all you can do if you can't work that shift. Okay. Y'all ain't got no fear. I like that. Y'all like, look, this is just what it is. <laughs> this is just what it <laughs> is, you know. It's just what to be. <laughs> it's like, this is how it's going to go down or whatever. And if you don't like it, and everything, then look, you can take this job, and I, well, no, nah, I know you ain't gonna go that far, but uh, yeah, I, I get what you all are saying. I think you have to just uh, kind of like what Buck was saying, you know, let them know it, it's disrupting your family life. You know, you you can't do that because then you got to help join with the homework. You know, you can't be working at night, or you can't be working overnight and sleeping all day and missing everything with your family and stuff. So, I do think sometimes you have to say no to something you may want because it may not just be the best thing for you. So, all right, so back to you, Crystal. You got a crush on the job, all right, someone you're crushing on. And earlier in the week, you know, he forgot his wallet, and, you know, you end up buying lunch for him or something. But this is the second time this week, and it's just Wednesday, that he's asked you to spot him some money for lunch. How do you say no to someone you have a crush on, but, you know, you're trying to avoid being taken advantage of? <laughs> you have some crystal? <laughs> what? Where did all these crazy non-computing questions come from? First of all, I don't crush on somebody who's not hasn't even bought me lunch. What? Are you serious? I'm not buying him anything. I mean, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so if dude no. gives his wallet, he's just going to starve that first time. He's going to starve. 
star, motherfucker. Damn. What? <laughs> you better eat those day-old donuts over there. I mean, are you serious? No, I say I don't even understand. I don't understand. I don't understand that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this question doesn't compute for Crystal. It doesn't compute. Nope. So, all right. Well, let me go someone who's used to dealing with money and the significant and and the opposite sex. To the 601 area code I go. The man know your state of Mississippi to bring on the Minister of Sexual Affairs, Eminem. What's happening, man? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? Eminem. This this woman at work you're digging, you know, you already, you know, treated her to lunch on Monday. And mm-hmm. here it is Wednesday, you know, and she, she don't have any money on her and wants you to hook her up for lunch again. How do you say <laughs> no to her without, you know, you still want to holler, but how do you say no to her? Ah, uh, well, that's when, when, when the no becomes, uh, you know, that's when, uh, one of my favorite terms is quid pro quo. Uh-oh. And, uh, uh <laughs> you know, the no don't have to be a no. You know what I'm saying? It's like the no don't necessarily have to be a no. You know, maybe we can come to some kind of agreement. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we can have some kind of uh, uh, adult peace treaty. You know what I'm saying? We can, you know, we can get this ball rolling in the right direction. You know, and I tell you, don't screw. <laughs> but uh, because see, like I say, if 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 a, if a chick is digging and she play her cards right, she can dig deeper. But no, if she on that 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 you know, like hey, you know, I ain't no seventy five year old man with you know two legs amputated due to diabetes or some shit like that. Like nah, we ain't coming with this bullshit like that. I just. Uh, just let me smell your hair. Here go fifty dollars. Nah, bitch, you gotta open wide or spread or something. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know. Oh, take them dentures. Right. Take them dentures out your mouth, ho. Shit. Do something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you <a> fool. <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> Trying to just like spend money like that. It's not that I'm cheap. 
not that I can't afford anything. It's just that I don't want I want to give the wrong impression that you know, hey, you got somebody who's just gonna just start you know throwing cash at you. That ain't my style. So uh, unless she's a you know unless she's just a gold digger and she's impatient and tired of waiting on me and she just come out and say, hey, why don't you do this and do these things for me and do that for me? I don't I, you know I, I I pick my times and my moments when I decide I want to do something you know. For that person, so um, I never put myself in a position where I even have to defend that. Okay. And uh, but I'm sorry, not but. Let me go back to uh, Ray. Ray, what about you, man? How do you balance, uh, you know, not doing too much from for someone that you may like? You got someone you crushing on. They're in a situation where they need something every now and then. It don't necessarily have to be money, but. It's like, you know, you're there for them in whatever capacity that may be. How do you avoid doing too much? Um, I think you just got to look at who you're crushing on. I mean, you know, if you you just think it like maybe in the younger days where, you know, a girl just sexy, but you know she she ain't shit, but she's sexy. You know, she might have two babies, you know, early 20s and, you know, and stuff like that, you know, it ain't, ain't really going nowhere. It ain't no type of person you really want to, you know, have nothing with. It's just that you think she's sexy, but if it's a person that you like and they are truly a good person, I don't think it's a problem with, you know, being nice. But first you have to think because if you try to be good to a person and you play your hand wrong, you going to crap out. And sometimes you got to learn that the hard way because, you know, you can play your hand wrong. So I would um just just just, just assess the situation. I mean, I don't think that, that buying lunch is a big deal unless, you know, you get the wrong type. You get the wrong type, oh, they want to go to a restaurant for dinner, for lunch, I mean. And then, all right, lunch for both of us should be no more than about $20. You know, go somewhere and try to run the bill up to $40. I hope you got some money because I ain't paying for it, straight up. <laughs> now, now it, it, if, it, if, it, if it kills your chances with her, it kills your chances with her. She ain't gave you nothing anyway. So the chances of you getting it just went down, and the chances of you getting some money out of me just went down. So nobody got nothing. You know, I ain't mad at you. You should be mad at me. Get your hustle on. There's plenty of other shows out there. All right. <laughs> All right. So, All right, uh, let's see. Take a break right now. Um. Go ahead and drop a song from one of my sponsors. Then we'll finish up the topic. But uh, let's see. This is progressive music for the 21st century. This, From the beginning, one can tell that this is going to be a fun song due to the beat that it's created. Uh, the introduction is certainly one of a kind and very creatively done. Now, the song has very optimistic lyrics and upbeat instrumentals that make it both memorable and fun to listen to. So... I'm going to play a song called Look to the Sky by Dynamo Men. 
and that's D-Y-N-A-M-O-M-I-N. You can find them at dynamomen.com. Go ahead and kick back, take a break for a little over three minutes, and we'll be right back to finish up the topic. On tonight's Talk to You radio show, we're discussing how to say no.
Hi, this is Aaron Anderson of the Marriage and Family Clinic at RelationshipRx.net, and you're listening to the Talk to You radio show, No Experts, Just Opinions. Radio show finishing up the topic how to say no. Uh, let me go back to you, man. Is there ever a reason to say no to your spouse? And if so, give an example. Who that you? Me for Ray. Right, Ray. Okay. Oh, okay. Man. I mean, yeah, it's always a, a, a reason, man. I mean, um, they may want to, you know buy something and you don't agree with it or you think it's too expensive or whatever the case is. I mean, you putting your money on it, you've got to say no if you don't agree with it. You know what I mean? You know, if, ands, or buts about that. I mean, if, if something is, I don't feel it is it's reasonable, then you got to take a stand. You know, particularly when it involves you completely. Now, never you should never try to control somebody, but if it involves you, like, oh, you need me to put my signature on something or whatever the case is and you don't think it's a good idea, that'll absolutely you have to say no. Okay. Eminem? Oh, man, yeah, yeah. I mean, you. <laughs> I say no make the heart grow stronger because... You know what I'm saying? If you know a motherfucker a, a certain amount, if they stick with your ass, they, I guess they halfway think something of you. So that's one way to look at it, you know. Like, because I'm the type of joke I say no just to see what kind of reaction I get, you know, especially when it's, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, you know, just, you, you just kind of, you know, testing the water, whatever, you know, see, see how passionate somebody is about, you know. Spending something or buying something or doing something or whatever it is, you know, you say no, you mm-hmm. start the conversation out with no, then, you know, you can, the dialogue is straight from that point on. But, you know, you beating around the bush, but in the back of your mind, you're like, nah, man, we ain't got the money for that shit, or nah, I don't know about that. You know, you go ahead and say no from the beginning, and then, you know, let them play lawyer. Okay, the answer is no, but convince me is yes. Now I can get the, you know, the, the pros and cons of it, we can maybe come up with something in the middle, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, like I say, I'm hope Fred listening, man. I like, man. You know, I be thinking about that dude all the time, man. You know, can, <laughs> can try some of this shit. But uh, but yeah. <laughs> 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 but, uh, oh man. But yeah. But but the, but to answer the question, man, and make it clear for Radio Land, you know, yeah, you you you, you know, you say no. You say no to see why you should say yes. You know, unless it's just some, you know, just straight up clear cut. But yeah, you say no to see why it should be yes. All right. And Doctor Will, if you ain't married, it's just straight up no. Hell no. Nah. But you know, but nah, you got to. Nah, when you're married. 
Yeah, so you got to see somebody the next day. You know, you just can't, you know, pay your little, you know, $25 hotel fee or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Shit, then you are, yeah, you know, you got to. <laughs> Dr. Willis, I'll let you chime in on it, man. When do you say no to your spouse? Uh, I think when the spending gets too excessive, you know, um, a lot of shopping and things like that, that's, you know, that may be going a little bit overboard. Um, whether you have it or not, but especially if, you know, you're on a tight budget or things like that, then, I mean, those are the prime times to start, you know, to say no. And half the time, though, you know, I think, you know, they may not say it. They may be pissed when you first tell them, but, you know, sometimes a woman, you know, appreciate a guy putting his foot down and saying, you know, you know, and reining her in a little bit because, hell, half the time she may think that she got a problem with damn self and she might need that. So, hey, you know. hey, hey, Bobby. <laughs> hmm that theory is called the dad you never had. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold on. Let me let me go to let me go to Crystal right quick. Get a woman's opinion on this because, like, the first things out of the work out of the guys work. Uh, you know, that's when they want to put their foot down when she wants money. Crystal, when would you tell your spouse no? Um, I guess as soon as he says no to me, and it's no right back to you. That's the way it works. Give and take. Okay, thank you. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Good night. <laughs> Sleeping on the couch thank you for tonight. putting your you foot did. down. <laughs> Crystal said, you put your foot down, I close these legs. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> okay, all right. So, Buck, um, if you're asked for a favor in person, like someone comes to you and physically asks you for a favor, and you say, well, I don't know right now, I need time to think on it, is it rude to finally respond via text? I mean, since they ask you in person, should you answer in person? Well, I'm the type of person, if you ask me in person, I'm going to tell you in person. I'm not going to be one that's going to text it back to you. Um, I, I mean, I think too far too often, you know, we we text. And, you know, if you're going to ask a favor, I would I would rather you ask me in person. Um, you know, especially, you know, if you're in the same town. Now, if you're not in the same town, I understand it. But if you're, look at that, damn dog zone. That's all right. Anyway, um, mentioned that. But anyway, um, you know, if if you ask me in person, I'm going to respond to you in person. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna text you back or call you on the phone or something like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just, you know, you know, give you the same respect. You know, you'd want. I would hope you'd want the same respect by me. You know, coming back to you in person versus texting because I, I think that's just not the way you do business. You know, so if you ask somebody in favor, you should, you know, if you ask them in person, I would assume that you would want me to reply to you in person as well. And that's what I'm going to do anyway. So, All right, Dr. Willis, how you feel about that, man? Someone asks you for something in person and you decide later on you can't do it, you're going to tell them no. Is it okay to text them and tell them no, or do you have to try to find them and, you know, give them the courtesy they gave you and come in to ask, I guess? Well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, and uh, this may come out wrong or whatever, but, you know, it is what it is. You asking me 
to do you a favor. So I'm not I don't feel any obligation to do any of that stuff back to you. So whatever's convenient for me at the time is what I'm gonna do. If I'm busy doing something but I'm thinking of you enough to not leave you hanging, then I just may have to text you. <laughs> you know, hey, I can't do it or hey, yeah, meet me so so so, you know, and get this or whatever the case may be. But um you know, if if I got free time or if I'm not doing anything, then, yeah, I'm going to come seek you out probably, depending on, like I said, again, uh, how far are you away from me? Is it worth burning my gas up to just come tell you and be polite when I can just simply send you a text or call you over the phone and, t- and let you know? So um, it, 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 it's situational for me, and it's, it's, it's about convenience. I, I don't feel obligated to, you know, come to you in person just because you came to me because you came to me because you wanted something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, so, so I mean, so I don't feel that same obligation back to you, and like I said, I don't, I don't want that to come off like uh, uh, harsh or anything. But that's, I mean, it's the truth. You know, it's not like you're doing me a favor coming to me to get something from me. So I don't feel an obligation to be, you know, trying to reciprocate that to you. I, I have to do what's convenient for me at the time because I mean, it doesn't make sense to drive, you know, thirty, forty-five minutes away to go tell somebody, hey. You know, I can't do it for you when I could have just sat right down the phone and text that shit to you. So, you know, so I understand what, the, what 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 people are saying, but nah, I'm I'm basing that decision off convenience and uh, what I got going on at the time. Okay. And so, Crystal, you've been asked to volunteer for a fundraiser at your kid's school uh, for the second year in a row. How do you tell them no? Um, let's see. I would just say, no, I'm sorry. I'm a single mom. I can't do that. You know, I mean, I've never volunteered at anything at school because I never had time. So, no. That's what those other married moms are for. Okay. And, Ray, what about you? How do you tell them no? Oh, Repeat the question again. You said um, you've been asked to, to volunteer be... volunteer for a fundraiser at your kid's school for the second year in a row. Um, how do you tell the school, no, I can't do it or don't want to do it? I mean, you can just tell me, you know, you got other things you got to take care of, or you can say since I was, you know, elected last year or – they volunteered you last year. I would like to give somebody else an opportunity. And I don't think it's fair that I do it two years in a row. So, <laughs> <That's nice. laughs> out of all these other parents here, I'm quite sure <laughs> one of them would like to do it because it's such a great honor. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you said that. You made it sound like, you know, man, I just don't want to. This is so great. I don't want to have this awesomeness to myself twice. <laughs> Let somebody else have this awesome. I mean, because if a person says to you, okay, we would like for you to be it, okay, if it's something so great, and I've already done it and I've done experience, I would like to give some of the other parents an opportunity because, you know, I want them to experience what I experienced last year. Oh, man, that's nice right there. Right, don't let everybody say you ain't got no politician in you, bro. Hey, man, that's why they say politics and bullshit, because that's what it is. 
because for myself and for, you know, I guess advice to anyone, when you, all you have to do is be honest with people about who you are. And I know that when I, when someone comes and asks me for something, if I can do it, I'll do it. And they know that. So if I say no, it means I can't do it. You know, there it is. So if you are honest about who you are and honest about, you know, the people that you're with and the people that you do help or don't help or whatever, then it's it's never going to be a problem, you know, either way. You know, you talk about family that, you know, say, well, you gave this one cousin, why didn't you give it to me? I said, because you ain't him. (laughs) You ain't her. (laughs) You know, know, that's why. You you know, there's not even a question, you know, because – you know, where were you when I was, you know, starving or dying or whatever the fuck I was going through, you know, whenever? Where the hell were you? And so that's why. <laughs> so to me, you know, for someone like me, that's not really a question because I always give uh, to people anytime, you know, they need it, you know. And I don't give it to everybody, but I give to people who need it. And people who come to me know that. So that's really all you have to do. You have to be honest about who you are, honest about um, you know, how you approach people, whatever it is. And never give anything that you and never give anything that you just can't you don't need to see back. You know, I hate people who and I've watched people do this. They'll give whether it's a money or a favor or whatever and then as soon as the person doesn't give it back or doesn't do whatever, they're like, Oh yeah, I just gave this motherfucker five hundred dollars and yeah, he ain't even paid me back. I said, What did you give it to him for? You know, I mean it's like if you can't give it away, why would you lose a friend or a family member over money hey. that you knew damn well that you needed? I mean, that makes yeah. no sense to me. No, because no, no. if someone comes to me and they say, <laughs> I need $500, and this has happened many times, I'll give it to them, and there's one person that owes me $600. But do I care? No. You know why? Because it's like, look. When I gave it, I gave it because of the situation they were in at the time, and for me, it's gone. I don't expect it back. I don't even call it a loan. If they need to call it a loan, fine, call it a loan. You want to give it back? Great. You know, that's whatever. But I don't lose a friend or a family member just because I gave them money. Maybe I shouldn't have given them that money if I needed it back so damn tough, <laughs> you know. But that's how I think anyone should be in these situations. Just be honest about it. Don't lose friends or family member over something like money or a stupid favor. That's ridiculous to me. I mean, I think I think it's just ridiculous. So that's my advice. All right. So to sum it all up, listen to future. Listen to future. <laughs> Where your ass was at? There it is. All in the chat. And it has a video <laughs> to go with it. So you can look at the video. So I had to struggle getting to where I ever sell the dough. Jackie Chan moves, got my game of in the choke. All right. I'll be jamming on him, though. I don't know what he's saying, but he's jamming. So, all right. Ray, what you got, man? What advice do you have for those out there who need to learn how to say no? Talk to the masses. I mean, you know, like I was saying earlier, I think you just got to have a little bit of asshole about yourself <laughs> because you're never going to make everybody happy anyway. You know, it's going to be people who feel a certain way about you, there's going to be people that may feel another way about you. So, you know, you, can, you can't say yes nine times and say no to Jeff when you're going to be an asshole. So you might as well be an asshole from the beginning. 
Now, <clears throat> that's not saying that you can't help people if they need help, because it's always good to help people that need help. But at the same time, if if you uh, try to keep it real with somebody who won't keep it real with you, and you try to do the best you can for them, but once they get your money, you don't see them no more. Once they do the favor, you do the favor for them, you don't see them no more. Why even do the favor in the first place? Just be like, no, I can't do it, or I can't afford to do it, or, you know, or just be straight up. Just say, hey, man, I just don't want to part with anything. I don't care if I got, you know, a thousand nickels in my pocket. I don't want to give up one of them. So they can say, well, it doesn't sound good, but, you know, at least you honest. If the person knows you like that, they'll think twice before they ask for something. Or, well, you know how he is. That's how they go start with it. Well, you know how he is. So it's good to be an asshole sometimes. Hmm. Okay. All right, and move on to Dr. Willis. Give your advice to the people out there. Well, I used to be uh, I used to be that person that that couldn't say no, and um, was always giving. And and I'm still somewhat that way right now, to be honest. Which is just that uh, now I I don't have a problem with saying no when I can't. But um, but back then it was always yes, 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 and so they everybody knew to run to me, and it took me to experience what everybody's talking about, you know, like, okay, when I was down and out, when I was broke and when I needed something, you know, I went to all those folks I was giving money to. And I wasn't even asking them for for a loan or a favor or nothing. I, I'm like, hey, you know, um, you know, you said you was going to get us back. Not that I was holding you to it, but you said it. So, you know, here I am. Here you got that. No, I ain't got it and da 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 and I got this and I got that to do. And so when I started getting all that, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, and so when I got back on my feet, it was like I made a vow myself that I wasn't gonna get in that position again. You listen to future. So <laughs> I listen to future. So, so I now it's like. Uh, Go <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, now it's like, um, you know, if I don't want to give it, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna make up an excuse. I'm not gonna say I don't have it or. You know, I can't do this right now. I'm just gonna like, you know, I'm not giving up anything right now. And I, you know, that way, I mean, I, you know, I, I walk away with my, um, my integrity intact. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't lie to him, and I didn't have to make up anything. And so now, you know, um, we don't have that problem. If I say no, they understand. They go about their business. They may try again later. If I got it later, I give it to them. Or if I got it to give, or if I feel like giving it, then it may happen. So. You know, you got to stay your ground. So I guess I said all that to say this. You know, learn learn to have a cutoff point because if you don't, there won't be anybody there to help you when you need help. So learn how to say no. Very true. Eminem? Oh, man. <clears throat> it was some uh, <clears throat> great uh, great points made and whatever. But, uh, uh, but for the people listening out there, especially some of the guys, especially some of the single guys, you know, if if they try to, you know, if they having a hard time saying no, whatever, you know what I'm saying, just give yourself the lip test, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, and and just just food for thought, you know, how easy is it to say no, 
or can you say no and bite your lip at the same time? You know, now, and this is what I mean. You know, if nothing don't make you bite your lips, it's going to be easy to say no to. But if you bite your lips, it's hard to open your mouth and bite your lip at the same time. Because like I say, man, that cleavage looking good, that bitch smelling good, you know. You know, you know, you sitting up there and, you know, them nose come a little bit slower. But, you know, some guy sitting up there looking like he, you know, uh, uh, Caitlyn Jenner or something, then, you know what I'm saying, but it's a female, you know, it's easy to say, nah, nah, I ain't got that. But, man, shit, you're on the back end of something, especially if you... You know, been pinned up for a while, and you know what I'm saying you between some, you between some jugging and shit, man. You sit up there, you know, yeah, you know, on the front end, you know, you need to be saying no with shit, man. You sit up there biting them lips and stuff, and shit. Next thing you know, you you know, you scratching them pubic hairs around your box, and next thing you know, you done move them down to that wallet, man. You know what I'm saying? But uh, but if you can fight that temptation, you know, you good. But uh, but uh, but otherwise, you know, just. Just say no, but, you know, if you can bite your lip, if you can't bite your lip, it's easy to say no. You can bite, if you biting your lip, you know, you biting down on that lip and trying to say no at the same time is, is real hard. That's a challenge. Y'all can try it now. You just try to bite your lip and say no. <laughs> <laughs> you know you know how guys do? You you can just watch it, man. You, you can just be standing somewhere, bus stop anywhere, you know. Uh, well, I say L.A. do that shit all the time, then he'll lick his shit. But I'm saying when something look good, some niggas start biting their lips and shit. You know, like, damn, man, who is that? You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like uh, an unspoken language, you know. You know, mm-hmm. but, you know, like I say, man, that's that's for for uh, something to I'll expound on, you know, on another show. On, okay. On, on, on some upcoming segments, but uh, yeah, I, I kind of... Uh, give a few tricks of the trade on, you know, what to spot. Well, especially if you're a female, what to look for. And that lip biting is one. That's a dead giveaway every time. If he biting his lips, you might can get him to slip. <laughs> All right, then. All right. I appreciate it. And uh, essentially, um, I think all of you have the same mindset as far as, you know, just tell people how to stand firm, yeah. you know, that they got to look out for themselves sometimes. Don't put yourself out there. It's okay to be nice to people. It's okay to do things for people. But when you find yourself putting yourself out there and you're suffering for it, you know, or taking away from your own personal life, then, uh, you know, that's when you got to push back. And don't think that just because it's your, like, say, for example, you may have planned to sit at home all day and play play Xbox, all right? So it doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but by the same token, that's still your time. That's still mm-hmm. how you want to unwind. That's how you do it. So don't think that because someone says, hey, I need some help with this, just because it may seem important doesn't mean that what you have to do to unwind and relax is not important as well. So, you know, push come to shove, you don't want to do it, don't do it. You know, and if they don't understand it, you don't need that person around you anyway, you know. So I, I just think that you just kind of have to subscribe to the theory that you got to think about what is this going to do to impact my happiness. And if it impacts my happiness to a degree that, you know, I become stressed or something, then you got to push back and say no or try to provide them with other options. 
okay? Because um, you got to look at it like this. Uh, you're doing someone a favor. That's that's doing that's doing them a service, right? You're giving them a gift, and a gift is never an obligation, all right? So if you have to say no, say no and say it quickly. You know, don't say, uh, well, let me think about it when you already know the answer, because that just means that you're going to have to come back around some point later and have to deal with it again. So go ahead and tell them no. If you want to give an explanation on why the answer is no, keep it brief. You know, nobody want to hear no long story after you told them no, because after a while it's going to sound like a lie anyway. You know, and like I said, give some options if there are some options. You know, I can't do it, but, you know, maybe so-and-so can help, or maybe you can go this route or something like that. So, you know, in the end, if you're trying to be helpful or look like you're trying to be helpful, most people won't have a problem with it. And if all else fails, then do what Crystal does and listen to Future. That's how you do that, right, Crystal? All right, so going to take a quick break before we get into some zone coverage, but... I want to thank my sponsors, CrystalHickerson.com, Dynamo Men. Um, I want to thank an upcoming artist I'm getting ready to play, Ray William Rowden, uh, for also being a sponsor. And for those of you who want to catch the Talk to Q Radio show live, you can every Tuesday and Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, if you want to learn more about the show, go to TalkToQ.com. You can get more information. If you want to join the tweet chat and the Facebook chat that I have going on simultaneously during the show, where you can answer some of the same questions I'm asking my show legends, searching, search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets and Facebook questions. Um, for those of you not staying off for of zone coverage, I will bid you adieu, and I will talk to you tomorrow when we'll get into phobias. You know, Halloween's right around the corner, so tomorrow we're going to talk about some things that spook you. But it's not the typical type of thing you should be afraid of. I'm not necessarily talking about spiders and clowns and things of that nature. You know how we do it on this show. I'm coming at you from a different angle. Things you should be afraid of that you may not even know you should be afraid of. That's tomorrow, October 28th, 10 p.m. Eastern on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. In the meantime, I'm going to take a break. And we're going to take this opportunity to play a song by Ray William Roden called Daisy and Hank. The songwriter for this song kind of takes you back to the old pop rock ballads of the 70s. So sit back and enjoy Daisy and Hank. And when we come back on the other side, we'll get to some zone coverage and talk about Greg Hardy and Andrew Luck, um, how the Raiders have stepped it up, how the Carolina Panthers are moving on a little bit. We'll get into that in about four minutes. the man kind of plated her escape and formulated a plan she asked her daddy for money cause he owned the bank and things got a little funny and in comes a girl named Hank and love me make you work around catch you when you 
Crabtree, don't you open your mouth, mouth, bitch! Or you're on the center for you real quick! 
talk some zone coverage, mainly the NFL. We cover things sideline to sideline, end zone to end zone. You know how we do it. We welcome on from the 865 area code, the Volunteer State of Tennessee, my man Daddy Rich. What's happening, bro? What's happening? Not too much. All right. We'll get Ray, Eminem, and Buck back on, and we'll go ahead and get to it, fellas. All right. Uh, the Thursday night game last week, Seattle dropped a 20-3 um, beat down on the 49ers. I mean, they were pretty much in control of the entire game. Uh, I mean, San Fran looks good one week. They turn around and look bad the next week. The running game is not really happening there. Uh, does anyone think that maybe Anquan Bolden could be trade bait to go somewhere else and help a team? Or if you're San Francisco, you just go ahead and ride it out and just try to rebuild next year through the draft. Uh, um, I think he wants to be trade bait. I, I think he's really frustrated, man. Uh, because, you know, uh, honestly, I don't think Anquan Bolden, you know, uh, felt that he should have been released from the Ravens or traded from the Ravens, you know, considering he was the one that really uh, uh, was in- instrumental in that horrible passing game that uh, Flacco had that day, even though Flacco normally does well. But I don't know if y'all remember that game in the playoffs when he was there. Man, that joker was extending his body as far as he could go to make a catch, you know, because that's kind of like his M.O. anyway, tough, mm-hmm. tough catches over the middle and stuff like that. And, you know, um, he didn't see that coming. So when he went to San Francisco, it was like at that time they wasn't, you know, had completely obliterated as a team like they are now. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know uh, I mean, but let me in the locker this. room, but I, I think he want to get out. And I don't blame him. Let me him. ask this, because this, this is the guy that played beside Larry Fitzgerald and was in Larry Fitzgerald's shadow for a long time, even though he put up, some awesome numbers. Um, I mean, this is a dude that's going to finish with over a thousand catches in his career. He's probably going to get to thirteen thousand yards and seventy-five touchdowns before the year is out. I mean, is Antoine Bolden like one of the most disrespected receivers you've seen? I guess in the last ten, fifteen years, because to uh, me, he, even when 15, he was in maybe, Baltimore, maybe he seemed like he didn't get the love that he deserved. You know. No, he didn't. And like I say, he was very instrumental in that whole season as, as far as offensive production. You know, of course, the defense, you know, I always cared about them more. But when you look at our, the offensive production or the uh, key points in some of the games they had uh, during that run, he was key in damn near every one of them. Uh, so, I mean, I, I felt slighted for him, actually. You know, it's like, you know, we, we we and rightfully so, we always criticize guys for not producing and stuff, but it's just like, well, damn, you know, you got to have a soft spot for guys that do produce and get screwed, you know. So I, I don't know. I, I didn't think he was that expensive anyway like that at the time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know what the contract details was, but I, I didn't think he was that expensive. This is a guy coming off of back-to-back 80-plus reception seasons and, 1,100 yards in 2013, 1,000 yards in 2014. Um, he doesn't like he's going to reach those numbers this year, but, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily because of his fault. But, 
Yeah, but anyway, San Francisco is kind of circling the drain a little bit. And as far as Seattle's concerned, they're three and four and trying to get themselves back into a position to compete out in the NFC West. All right. Um, Jacksonville beat Buffalo 34-31 in a game that turned out to be a little more interesting than I thought. I had no intentions of watching the game, but I found myself watching the fourth quarter end up being a pretty good game. So Jacksonville moves to two and five in their horrible AFC South. They're only a game out of first. Um, Buffalo catches a bad break to drop to three and four, and they really don't need to drop too far in that division. Um, Dr. Willis, the Saints and the Colts, uh, the Saints won 27-21. They get out to an early lead on Indy, um, in Indy, and it seemed like they were on cruise control, and then those kind of got back in it. But what does this say for Indianapolis right now? Because right now people are pointing fingers at Andrew Luck. They're pointing fingers at Chuck Pagano. They're even pointing fingers at um, the owner. I can't remember his name right now. I mean, where does the Ursa. blame lie in this one? Yeah, Ursa, Jim Ursa. Dr. Willis? Oh, my bad. Dr. Willis dropped off. Go ahead, um, DR. Uh question again. Where does the blame lie in Indianapolis? Andrew Luck, Chuck Pagano, Jeffrey, I mean, uh, Jim Ursay. Uh, <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie. Come on, Q. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie. So, um, where does the blame lie in this one? I mean, who's at fault the reason why the Indianapolis Colts can't seem to get it together? All of them. Everybody. The players. Everybody. I think the Man. defense the defense has got to step up a little better. Uh, you know, the running game, uh, you know, just a lot of things. that The coaches aren't doing the right thing sometimes. I think it's the glamoration of, of all of them, man, not doing things at certain times that have lost games for them. And I think that they're, they're all out of sync. It's, it's just Indianapolis is just out of sync, man, period, mm-hmm. from, from the top, from the top to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, Ray, Indianapolis has only run um, Frank Gore in one game, and that's when he had 22 carries against Houston and had 98 yards, and they won that game. Uh, do you think they just are trying to preserve Frank because they think he's old or, or, or what? Don't you think they should be running the ball more? He only had nine carries on Sunday. Yeah, they should run the ball a lot more. I think uh, in Annapolis, I mean, Andrew Luck has to take a large responsibility for what's happening. Nobody's going to say it because he's Andrew Luck. But at the same time, you know, all due fairness, he's stinking it up similar to what RG3 started doing. But... You know, of course, the town is there, the brain power. You know, from Stanford, he's a very good quarterback when he's on. When he's on, but the way he's playing right now, how can you get a guy a hundred thirty million dollars contract? You, you, you can't. You have to really think about that because the team is losing. He's playing poorly, making bad decisions, turning the ball over. I mean, you can hope it's a phase, but do you want to sign a guy up to a five, six-year contract and you don't know exactly uh, 
it's just going to continue? Is this a phase? I mean, it's easy to blame the coach. It's easy to blame the coordinators and all that. But at the end of the day, them boys got to play some ball. And right now, they ain't doing it. Okay. And, um, I mean, I, I think that there are going to be a lot of changes there in Indy. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, if it's not like Chuck Pagano is on his way out, regardless of how they uh, run the rest of their season. And I don't know if that's necessarily fair to him or not, uh, because it's a lot of turmoil, you know, circulating around the management, too. I mean, you know, Ursay is coming off of all kinds of trouble on his own, you know. And obviously he's been doing more drinking and scouting when you look at the talent on the team. What you gonna say, Eminem? Oh yeah, yeah, man. Uh, do, do y'all think he he's fully healed, though, man, from his shoulder injury? Because you know he Andrew always Luck, been turnover prone, he but he, he could always kind of throw his way out of it. He may not be fully healed, but uh, I don't know. That's just one of those deals. I mean, the quarterback you're gonna get the blame when you lose. You're gonna right. get but, the credit but, but when the you point win. I was getting at, and this is why I want to put it on the on the on the on the coaching staff. If he's hurt and they just don't want to. Say it, but I don't mean hurt to the point where he can't start. But mm-hmm. if your quarterback is injured in a on a shoulder or wrist or something like that, well, if you're not giving somebody like Frank Gore the ball at least twenty times, your ass need to be fired. Period. You got a a, a, a quarterback, you know, playing maybe maybe seventy eighty percent in certain you know certain capacities, especially with deep balls. I mean, shit, man, you got to run the ball. That's, I mean, that's not yeah. rocket science. Yeah. I think okay. it's, I think it's I think there's something else as far as Indianapolis goes. Um, you got to look at the, your offense and defense coordinators too. It just seems like I'm not sure why they're coming down on Bagano when he, you know, he, he seems like a decent coach, but you know, it may be some friction between the general manager and the, you know, and the and the head coach. And maybe even some of the you know game planning and you know, play calling during games. Um, maybe Andrew is not who we thought he was. I mean, there's a lot of different things that are going on in Indianapolis when you when you draft somebody like Frank Gore, and then pick up Amar Bradshaw again. You know, and you hadn't even you hadn't even started him yet. Maybe he's not in game shape or whatever. I'm not sure what the case is, but. Obviously, some of the things, some of the decision making that they're doing in Indianapolis is not working. And you have you have a team in New Orleans that walks up here, flies up here, whatever, and they get up there and just you know they pretty much dread your ass in your own stadium. New Orleans don't win up north; they only win on the they win at home. And you let them come up there and blow your ass out in your own damn Lucas Oil Stadium. You know, I'd be if I was the general manager, of course. Or say, you know, he's drinking his ass off, so he really don't care. But if I'm the owner of the team, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be calling in a meeting a meeting of the minds and get these guys right because right now it seems like the locker room's just a little bit lost, and that's the reason why, um, you know, maybe Pagano may be on his way out. So they got some other underlying issues other than just the players. The players play the game, but there's there's some other issues dealing with Indianapolis. Yeah. I hope that shit don't turn out like San Francisco, man, because who would have thought they would have been where they are, you know, you know, a few years back, you know, <laughs> shit, you know, yeah. from a from a uh, annual com- competitor to like just totally sucking, 
Indianapolis, man. They, you don't know. They ain't quite there yet, but shit. They, they're luckily they're in the right division because they still got the right. division lead, and they got right. a chance to get things together. Um, now the Saints have made, made their way to three and four, and they're trying to establish something out of their season too, so they're getting a little momentum. All right, um, a game that I said was a trap game last week, but I didn't. I still didn't think they would lose it. Uh, Kansas City twenty three, Pittsburgh thirteen. And um, Buck, this is a game I thought you all could go on the run and win, especially without uh, Jamal Charles being there. Jerry Macklin was out, and uh, y'all still managed to come away empty-handed on this, man. Well, what did you think about what happened with the Steelers this weekend? Well, you weren't the only one that said it could be a trap game. I did too. Um, this is one of those games where I mean, there just it wasn't a whole. We didn't, you know, turnovers are what really made this game, even though. Um, you know, they only scored seven points off of it. The defense stayed on, you know, there were some of the Achilles heel we've been really kind of fighting in all three, you know, all, you know, during, during all the games of season, we hadn't stopped the tight end. That's an issue. We hadn't got off the field at third down. That's an issue. And we hadn't converted third downs. So I know we got to be one of the lowest in the league when it comes to, we in the bottom tier when it's come to, you know, getting third down. So, those are three areas that we've kind of struggled with all year. And, you know, we really didn't have a margin of error since, you know, this is, you know, we had um, uh, Landry Jones starting. So, you know, sometimes you have a little bit of a cushion when it comes to margin of error. And we just didn't have that margin of error that we, you know, accustomed to having. And um, it's not like Landry played poorly, even though he threw two picks and he fumbled one. But, I mean, overall, he didn't do too bad. But, you know, just the, just the bottom line, when you turn down football over, I mean, Brown, he missed, you know, he missed the catch um, and, you know, deflected the ball into, you know, one of the guy's hands, for, you know, for an interception. And then, you know, you got a you got a rookie over there on the left-hand side and Villanueva that, uh, you know, flew around and let that guy come, go free on Tom Bali. You know, he's, you know, he all-world pro, perennial pro bowler. You know, he did a okay job, but, I mean, Thomas just got around him and, you know, you know, got to Landry Jones and knocked the ball out. So, you know, you got to be able to protect the ball. And, you know, you protect the ball, you might, you know, stay. And another thing, too, um, to kind of wrap things up with it, you know, when you get down in the red zone, you got to score touchdowns. I mean, now we got a kicker. That's great. But I'd rather score a touchdown than be kicking field goals. Yeah, I know that's for real. So with those, things, <clears throat> with those things right there, that I just spoke about. That's the reason why we flew around and lost that game. Um, it wasn't a matter, you know, it could have been, you know, it could have been Ben in there. If, you know, if we would have done the same thing, we would have lost. So I'm glad we kind of waited until this week. We play in Cincinnati. You know, we only a couple of games back. You know, we're four and three. So, you know, we got a big game at home. We got, we got four out of our next five games at home. So, I mean, big Ben's back. We're getting, you know, Shazier's back. Joan, you know, um, Jones is back. You know, we're getting some players back that got injured in the early part of the season. Um, I think two of them be back this week on defensive line. So, I think with those things and, you know, playing at home, I think we'll be fine. I mean, it's still early season. We've got nine games left, so I'm not too particularly worried about it. As long as we play clean ball and air-free ball where we're not turning the ball over, we'll be fine in the next game. I mean, Daddy Rich, um, if you would have told me Le'Veon Bell was going to run for 121 yards, I would have think that the Steelers would win. 
But, um, I mean, turnovers did make a difference. And uh, they are going to bring Big Ben back for Sunday's game, from what we all understand. Um, are you comfortable with him coming back this week, or would you rather him sit out another week? It's a crucial time for us. We need him. We're, we're just going to have to tighten the line up and uh, have him protect a little better. Uh, I think that game that against Kansas City, man, uh, it was a trap game because Kansas City was hungry. They they came into that game you know, they determined to win because they had been getting beat down on. So that was it was really a trap game. I, I kind of figured we would lose that game because of Kansas City's determination, and we're just going in to keep uh, keep a you know ahead, really. And uh, basically, with Big Ben back in, in Cincinnati against Cincinnati, I think that's going to be a good thing. I think our receivers will do a much better job. We'll score more points. That's the key. Uh, and the defense will, won't be on the field as much. That is a big thing. And getting those guys back on the defensive side is going to be awesome. I think that will help a lot, man, with uh, the defense uh, getting pressure on the quarterback because that was a key to the win that Kansas City had. We didn't get enough pressure. And we had just started, like, we, had, we were just talking about this, I think, last week or the week before last, how – Pittsburgh had just started getting pressure on the quarterbacks again, and mm-hmm. and here we go again with the same stuff. And and <clears throat> it's just because we have people out. But I think everything will change next week. Okay, all right. That's gonna be an interesting matchup next week. Cincinnati comes to town. Um, we'll see if Big Ben can jump right into the fire and get it done. So we'll probably preview that game tomorrow. Uh, the Patriots thirty and the Jets twenty three. Uh, the Jets took it to the Patriots in this game. They really made them work. Uh, but in the end, you can't stop Tom Brady. Tom Brady is like, he's having like a Jordan-esque year. I mean, this dude just hasn't done anything except get mad and take it out on everybody he's played this year. Uh, I mean, as far as just, you know, whooping behind and taking names, this dude, 2,054 yards, 16 touchdowns, only one interception, and uh, a 68.9 completion percentage. Um, Yesterday, Ray, Tom Brady threw that ball 54 times. Now, even with uh, the Garrett Blunt and, you know, some of the other running backs at their disposal, uh, they only ran the ball five times yesterday, man. I mean – is Bill Belichick of the mindset that I'm going to do whatever works until you stop me? And, and that's what makes it so hard to defend the Patriots because you don't know what they're going to do? Uh, I think they just have a, yeah, they have a real good system. I mean, um, as the pass works, they go at the pass. If the run works, they go at the run. And it really keeps defenses off balance. You yeah. know what you're saying? Goals, nothing can solve you like an NFL defense. So, you know, that man will stay at the office for 20 hours a day all summer long to figure out what you were doing. That's why when a guy has fluke success, it doesn't last long, like with Kaepernick's and stuff like that, because they're going to figure out what how you was beating them, and then they're going to stop. But with Brady and Belichick, 
you know, it's hard to stop because they're such a disciplined team. And like I say, it's a squad that is just a unit. And they they take Daddy Amendola, they take uh, Edelman, Edelman, and, you know, Gronk is just a beast. But you think about it, there's no other team you could think of where you could take four horsemen and all of them be white guys, and they straight busted Joe's asses in a black sport. <laughs> now, yeah, you you think about it, but ain't nobody fighting no gold. Ain't nobody asking for more money. Ain't nobody talking about I'm the Michael Jordan of the team. Everybody lines up behind Brady and they go, and that's just the way it is. And they all have a philosophy. A lot of people don't like to say, "Oh, we don't want to hear the Patriot way," but their way is the way a team is supposed to function. Not, you know, well, you know, I caught 10 passes today. You know, I don't need $2 million. You know, you got to come see more money. Hey, don't believe me. What they do in Seattle game, you know, Cam Chancellor doing an interview, Michael Bennett talking about money on a damn interview. Mm-hmm. You know, shit like that. So, that's all a part of it. That's why these guys are successful. Because it's about the game itself. It's about legacy and it's about being a part of something. 20 or 30 years from now, all the Patriots will be on TV talking about what it was to be a Patriot. Not all this, you know, stuff that you see going on on some of these other teams, all this dysfunction. Because you're dysfunctional with those guys, they're going to get you out of there. Okay. Well, you can't deny their success, that's for sure. I give um, the Jets credit for playing them as tough as they did. They just came up uh, a touchdown short. Um, I didn't really like the play calling after the onside kick. I thought they ran. took too much time with the play that they decided to run to throw the ball over the middle. I didn't understand that. But uh, they made it a game. So, But the Patriots are a machine right now, so they, they keep rolling. And they're still undefeated. All right. Um, Miami Eminem whipped the sleeves off of Houston. It was 44 to 26. It wasn't that close because uh, it was 41 to nothing at halftime, and Houston got garbage points down the stretch. Eminem, what has happened to Houston's defense, man? You know, at one time, everyone's like, okay, this is going to be the year. I mean, J.J. White got two sacks, he did his thing. Clowney got a sack. You know, he's finally starting to wake up a little bit. He has seven tackles as well. But what's happening to them, man? They can't stop anybody. Well, right. what, what's, happening, what, what's happening to them is, 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 is just like uh, I, I didn't get to see any of that particular game. But what happens a lot of times when a team is all defense and damn near no offense, well, you get tired, man. It's just fatigue, you know. Uh, and 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 the deeper you go in the season, the worse that kind of junk gets, you know. Oh, you, no. Yeah. I disagree with you there, though, cause Yeah, you, you got to have some kind of – Andre Hopkins, the baddest wide receiver in the league right he, now. He, he, he might you be, but, 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 but they ain't putting no points on the board. They ain't winning. Well, the quarterback is not, not even making the flight. Ryan Mallett. Not only missed the flight because he claimed because of traffic, 
and he's falling asleep in meetings, and they decide to cut him today. Yeah, you yeah. got to get some. If, if you want to, if you want to be a formidable team to compete, I don't care how good your defense is, your offense got to do something. You got to get some type of production. Yeah, but, but you pay Lane forty-one points on the offense. It makes a difference. First half. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not taking blame away from the. I'm just looking at the season as a whole. What's happened to Houston? I'm saying they have absolutely no offense at all. They, they can't. With Aaron Foster back. Okay, well, what, what, I mean, what's the production though? They're not winning. I mean, they've they've scored 119 points. Excuse me, 154 points, but they've given up 199. Um, Arian Foster is either cursed or he's made out of peanut brittle. It's like I got a vision in my mind of some like voodoo priestess with an Arian Foster doll just breaking his leg every season. Yeah. She got when him in tomorrow, Charles. When the guy say he don't believe in God, man, he, you better duck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Foster kind of remind me of uh, Terry Allen as far as his not his running style, but just injuries. You know, like when when Terry Allen was healthy, man, that joker. You know, I used to love to watch him run. You know, even though he kind of bounced around a lot of different teams, but he just always, as soon as he started getting in the rhythm, he'd get hurt. You know. Yeah, it's a shame too. So. And it, it did a lot of damage to my uh, fantasy team, too. I had Jamal Charles, and I traded for him, excuse me, for him early in the season, and now both of them are gone, man. It's just not my year for fantasy football. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm starting to think whoever I pick up gets hurt. Um, but, yeah, that, they just they look really bad. Houston just looks terrible right now. And despite all that, they're 2-5 and five and still within, you know, a range of winning the division. So it's not like they can't put it together if they can get something out of Brian Hoyer, who played pretty well on Sunday. 23 of 49 is not good, but he did have 273 yards and three touchdowns minus one interception. But they have got to find um, a way to get the ground game going again. It's going to have to be Alfred Blue, I guess, um, who looked well in spots um, at the beginning of the season. He had one game, 31 carries, 139 yards. But he's going to need a lot more of that if Houston's going to have a chance of keeping their defense off the field. All right. Giants 27, Cowboys 20. The Giants took the division lead at 4-3. and three. Dallas drops to 2-4. and four. Um, Right now, man, Dallas just can't do anything right. It's their fourth straight loss. Um, and three of, the, three of the games they lost, they had opportunities to win. And uh, I got to give the Giants credit. On, I mean, there were four turnovers in the game. Um, I think the Giants, on two of them, made excellent plays. On the other two, I think it was just, uh, I mean, you muff a punt, and then that one pass that Castle threw up for grabs in the end zone, I don't think was a very good pass. Uh, you know, Castle is his first start, and it's probably going to take him a while to try to get going. But this is the thing that's really kind of, throwing a monkey wrench in the Cowboys' offense right now, Darren McFadden went for 152 yards on Sunday. Now, Joseph Randall got hurt early in the game. He hurt his back. And initially, they were saying that Chris Michael was going to start the game and that Joseph Randall was going to split time with him. 
But now I'm wondering what they're going to do on Sunday if Darren McFadden's going to be the guy because of how well he played. Um, but I, let me just kind of go to this Greg Hardy situation right quick. And I'm pretty sure all of you have seen the video by now uh, of Greg Hardy blowing up at the special teams coach and having him back and forth with his teammates, you know, Dez Bryant and all that stuff. And, and Daddy Rich, let me ask you, man, uh, Jerry Jones said that's him being passionate and that he's, you know, he inspires other players. How do you see it? Man, it looks like he's a clown. Uh, you know, looking at his history, it looks as if he's a clown. I mean, he's over there blowing hot air, man. You know, maybe he is a little passionate. Maybe it's a little little mixture of things. He's, he's crazy and <laughs> a little bit of passion. But, uh, to me, it doesn't look right. I mean, it doesn't look right to anybody. You know, you're arguing with your teammates regardless. You know, if you want to get your teammates fired up, that's another thing. But it looked as if him and Des Bryant were having another kind of conversation. Uh, you know, so to me, you know, you don't publicly do that, you know, to your teammates. You kind of, you know, if you're going to do that to get them going, you go over there, you know, get them going, rah, you know, hit them on the helmet, let's go, dog, you know what I'm saying, something like that, but not sit there and, and holler and have confrontations. That That's crazy. You know, that shows the team doesn't have any kind of daggum unity. And especially you walking off arguing with one of the top players on the team and you just got there and you're just coming through a debacle and, and you're still making problems for yourself, running your mouth. You know your mouth is a problem, shut it up. So with him, if it's another player – Maybe, you know, if it's somebody that doesn't really you, – you, you don't see a lot of that going on with them and, and they're really a calm player. Somebody, Let's take Larry Fitzgerald. It has to take something really bad for him to start something like that. Maybe somebody did something to him. But this guy is a clown. Okay. And, uh, Ray, what did you think about what happened and what do you think about what Jerry Jones said? Well, it, it kind of goes back to, to what Michael Irvin said uh, about a week or so ago. Is um, you know, a lot of people don't like Greg Hardy, but Dallas needs to sign him up because the guy can play football, and that's what it all comes down to. Now, do I think he's crazy? Yeah, I think he's crazy. But if I'm an owner, I'm gonna sign the guy up because he can play football. Now. I think it's something more deeply rooted with him than than just anger. Because when you look at the situation, and I ain't one of the, you know, jump on with holes saying nothing like that, but but if you got 20 guns on your bed or whatever, and you throwing a chick on top of the guns and all that type of stuff, I mean, that's just going too far. Now, if you crack her mask because she... You know, was riding another dude around in your car and all that. Everybody was like, oh, ain't what he should have done, but you understand what happened. You know what I'm saying? But for you to do something like that, that's kind of off a little bit. So, I mean, wearing uh, what they call that, uh, uh, the contact lenses and stuff in your eyes yeah. and all that. I mean, it, it's just, 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 a, just a little wild, but hey. What can you do? You guys trying to win. He's a hell of a football player. And 
people jumping on Greg Hardy when you got another fool here right on sideline. You know what I'm saying? He has been acting the fool since he got there. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think it, it, it's a few people that soar because Greg Hardy got it in a position they didn't want him to be in. Now he's in a position to get a long-term deal, and they're trying to make a whole lot of something out of nothing. Until a guy does something, you can't really say that, well, this isn't something that he should be doing and all that. Hey, we know he's a fool, but so are 10 other guys on every team in the league. So, you know, to me, until the guy does something wrong, let him play ball. And I could understand some of that. I mean, when I play ball, you know, yeah, if you're a defensive back and they got four, two, three touchdowns on you in a row, when we get that locker room, we're going to have a problem. You know what I'm saying? So that goes with it. You know, mm-hmm. ain't no problem. We all cool. You know, football players, it, it, it's a family. But you may argue and you may fight. There's nothing wrong with that. I look at it like this. I mean, um, I, I don't the, – the problem I have with what happened on Sunday is that he touched the coach. All right. He was mad as a special teams coach. He pushed the coach, which the coach pushed him back, you know. He, I mean, I guess the coach was just trying not to show he was intimidated. I don't know. I think some of Greg Hardy's teammates are afraid of him, if you ask me. But, um, I mean, if that would have been one of these bench warmers that pushed the coach, they would have been cut. I mean, I have no, no doubt about that. But because Greg Hardy can play, you know, it's not that big of a deal. As far as what Dez Bryant was saying to him, to me, Dez Bryant, like he was just trying to fire the guy up. Like he was trying to focus that anger into something else because Dez wasn't mad when they were going back and forth with each other. I think he was just trying to get the dude to focus that energy on the game more so than his teammates. But um, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt that Greg Hardy is something wrong with him. Um, outside of football, I do believe there's something wrong with him. I mean, and Eminem, I know this is gonna gonna uh, remind you of conversations we've had in the past too. But two words come to mind when I think of Greg Hardy, and that's Alonzo Spellman. Now, I don't know yeah. if y'all remember Alonzo Spellman, who also had a stint with the Cowboys. He oh, mainly yeah, played with yeah. the Bears. What? He was bipolar. Yeah, and that dude used to flip out to the point that he almost brought down a plane. You know, yeah. I mean, he flipped out on a flight one time. And you talking about 6'5", 300 pounds flipping right. out. This is a guy that barricaded himself oh, in the front yard. Muscle. Yeah, yeah. And I think Greg Hardy is on that level. Now, can he play football? Absolutely. This guy pretty much averages a sack for every game he started. He started 42 games. He has like 37 sacks. Uh, so he gets after the quarterback. You know, he has three and two games this season. But uh, I, I don't like Jerry Jones. I wish Jerry Jones would have just said, you know what, this is uh, something we're going to handle in-house and we have no further comment. To me, he kind of came to Greg Hardy's defense publicly, and I don't think you do that because this is the guy that's already crazy, and now you're giving him more rope to be crazier. I, I think you have to say, even if you don't do anything, I think you have to tell the media this is something we're going to handle in-house. And let that be that, you know. And, um, I mean, because this dude, you know, he's going to show up at 
cowboy camp and shoot everybody in there, man. He's that type of crazy, you know. But I honestly think that, uh, yeah. But I honestly think that you kind of have to, you know, at least as far as the public is concerned, let them know that, hey, you know, we're going to handle this. This is not going to be a problem going forward. Or they're going to be talking about this type of stuff all season, you know. So, I mean, would I sign the guy to a long-term deal if he don't kill anybody before the season's over? Yeah, absolutely. Because, like Ray said, the dude can play. <laughs> but I'm serious, man. This dude is is like yeah, – he's certified, man. I'm telling you, Alonzo Spellman. Y'all better read up on him. This guy barricaded himself in the front yard uh, from the police with a, um, a pot on his head like a helmet. I mean, so that <laughs> – and Greg Hardy's <laughs> – Capable of that type of outburst, man. He needs to be tested. I'm telling you. Well, then maybe you know this is something that I mean, you got to think about it like this. Greg Hardy is kind of going down the same road. If you really think about this, about that same guy that just shot himself on the, you know, in Kansas City a few years ago, he may be suffering from some of this. I don't know how many concussions he's had during his NFL career or during his college career or or any career before then, but Hardy has. The way he's acting, it's almost as if that he has some, you know, concussion syndrome of some sort because he's not – I mean, some of the things that he's doing, you know, arguing with your teammates, you hardly ever see that happening. Or arguing with your coaches on the sidelines, you hardly ever see that happen. I mean, I can understand there's a difference between passion and there's a difference between something ain't right in your head. And I think, you know, I think all of us kind of touched on it. I think there's something wrong, and he, you know, he might need to, you know, get a brain scan or something like that, because what he's doing is uncommon in the league. And what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing from Greg Hardy, as far as I'm, you know, for what I'm seeing, I think he might need to get tested for some, you know, some sort of dam, you know, brain damage or something, because he really, I mean, granted, he can play, but at the same time. I think he's he actually having a cry for help, and nobody's answering that cry. So, I I, I would be concerned if I you know if I was a, you know Jerry Jones or the coach or anything like that, and just kind of get him checked because some of the things he's doing just ain't right. I mean, and I understand that you know he he got off on the charges over there when he was with Carolina, but something ain't right in that man's head, and he needs to be checked out. He definitely needs to be checked out, man. He 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 does, and um, I mean it's one thing to be intense. Michael Irvin was intense, but you never thought Michael Irvin was gonna kill one of his teammates on the sideline. You know. And by the way, did you all see Michael Irvin on The Price Is Right? No. No. I, I, oh man, that was the funniest thing ever. Who Michael Irvin? Michael Irvin was 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 uh, announcing the showcase on The Price Is Right. I know with Drew Carey, man, that jump was so funny, man. I don't know how he got, what the reason was he was on there because he's been all over lately. He's been on Criminal Minds and everything. Man, Michael Irvin's talking about, you all remember how I used to drive down the field with Troy Aikman? Now you can drive in this brand new car. I mean, he was getting all hype and stuff, man. That jump was hilarious. That dude's on, he's still on drugs. I don't care what anybody say. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, it, they, they do need to get this dude. Somebody needs to do something, man. And I'm not saying Dallas hasn't done some type of check, but they really uh, – did you all hear about um, – this is probably a, a week ago, or less than a week ago, about a former Texas A&M football player 
who um, admitted to murdering a jogger in Dallas. Nah, I ain't getting nothing about that. This guy, he was a, a very high recruit. He was a number. He was a, his name is Thomas Johnson. He was a wide receiver at Texas A&M. He dropped out in 2012, I think. This is a guy who left the school after a game, I believe. I think he stole his roommate's car. Um, he thought his roommate was the devil. All right. He stole his roommate's car, drove to Dallas and caught a bus, and uh, went to his cousin's house, told his cousin that he was Jesus, and I think he thought his cousin was Moses. He's like, he he gave everyone with somebody from the Bible to him. And nobody helped this dude, man. Right? And this guy did this for however long he did it, you know. And one day somebody was riding a bicycle through the park, and this and they drove past this guy hacking a jogger with a machete. Um, and, you know, he got after the guy on the bike, but the guy on the bike got away. And, you know... And when they arrested him, he said, well, I'm angry, and I just picked someone to kill. You know, and, I mean, man, folks got to realize, man, this mental illness stuff, man, it is serious. And, I mean, I don't know if Greg Hardy's on the level of hacking somebody with a machete. But, um, I mean, given that this guy's history, because, you know, he had incidents when he was at Ole Miss of violence and stuff, Um and this is a guy talking about you know you in trouble for a violence against women, and you talking about you can't wait to see Tom Brady's wife and his his you hope he bring his sister to the game and all this other stuff. That dude crazy man, I'm telling you, he has no concept of what's going on or whatever. And I just like I said, I just hope that uh, they keep an eye on him, man. I don't know, I don't know. But Dallas got bigger problems. I mean, they may get Dez back on Sunday. But, uh, I mean, they're still in the division because they're only two games behind the Giants. But they got to figure out a way to uh, to win a game and get back to 500 before yeah, they get too far the, behind. The damn division wide open. So, yeah, yeah. And I'm still upset with Tampa Bay letting Washington come back on them like they did. But, all right, so, Ray, your Raiders – did a, did the number on San Diego, 37-29. It wasn't that close. Y'all let San Diego get some garbage points down the stretch um, in the fourth quarter. But the Raiders moved to 3-3, three and three, and, man, Derek Carr looked awesome. Amari Cooper looked like he was back in Alabama, the way he was running around those guys, man. You got to be feeling pretty good about your, your Raiders, man, making a run at a wild card. Yeah, I mean – we 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 played we played extremely well. I mean, it was a little surprising at first, but I mean they just took over the game and they really didn't look back into the end of the game. I mean, Philip Rivers really made that thing close at the end. It yeah. wasn't as garbage as it seemed like it was. If they would have got that one side kick, it was chances up that they could have tied it up the way they were scoring. You know, they had caught fire at the end of the game like we had it at the beginning. But um, yeah, I mean we got a we got an awesome quarterback. Derek Carr looks like a young Aaron Rodgers in my opinion. I mean I'm not saying he is Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, I think he has what it takes to be a superstar quarterback. And, and most you know, importantly, the only way he resembles his brother that used to play with the Texans is that you know they related through blood. That's a, <laughs> that's the yeah, only way he yeah, looks like I mean, David Carr because he's much better than I mean, David Carr. 
Yeah, but see, what, what happened with, 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 with David was, you know, they threw him out there and he got shell shot and then they just rocked his head every which way they could. Let the league as the most sack quarterback and stuff like that. And, you know, that can destroy a young quarterback if you don't need him, right? That's true, I mean, but I think any man that uh, says that he wants to put tape over his wedding ring because he loves his wife too much to take it off and play football, I don't know. I question him. <laughs> he's got a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. So now he got a wedding ring. That's about I, it. I, I he got a Super Bowl also. With who? With John. John Giants. Yep. Oh, okay. I like the... Uh, I, I, I like the, the way that the offense is coming together. I mean, Clyde Wolford got in there, you know, and did his thing, and Crabtree looks good. Mari Cooper is, is just a stud. I mean, we we really look good. We got a tough coming up with the Jets, but we got to stay focused. But, you know, as, you, as we've seen all this year, Jets is not a going to be a tough, the easy out. Mm-hmm. And um, the only game we really lost this year was Cincinnati. Because we, yeah. we should have been beat the Bears. They kicked the field goal at the last two seconds of the game and won. Yep. Yeah. Should have beat the Bears. Got, got an interception for a touchdown. So, I mean, it, it, it was uh, – we definitely played better. We definitely look like a well-coached team. Even our secondary played well, which was surprising because, you know, nobody usually does well but Charles Woodson back there. So we yeah. look real good. We look sharp. I mean, I just, I just hope we can keep it going. And um, hopefully we can get us a, another win on okay. Sunday. You are looking good, though, man. I enjoy watching that game or whatever. And uh, got an interesting head-to-head with – the Steelers in a couple of weeks. So, All right. Carolina 27, Philadelphia 16. Carolina moves to 6-0. and Philadelphia drops to 3-4. and And Eminem going into this game, I honestly thought it was a toss-up, even though I know Carolina was undefeated. I thought the Eagles were more than capable of going there and, and, and stealing a victory. But, um, man, it's like, I, I don't know. It's like with the Eagles, y'all kind of, it's almost like y'all want to come back to win, man. It's like y'all just don't ever get control of the game from the get-go. Yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, – the, the the game was, you know, really uh, within, uh, you know, uh, within reach because it never got out of hand. Uh, you know, Carolina had quite a few turnovers, but it's just like the, – the problem is like it's, – it's just like we out of sync, man, just like as a whole team. It's just like – we can't just capitalize on certain moments that will be turnaround pivotal points of a game. You know, uh, I know like on one of the picks uh, Cam had, then we turn around and shit, the next play, we get the ball, we do the same thing. There was a mm-hmm. couple times in the game, uh, some key points in the game where, um, you know, it was some some, some miscues on some routes. Uh, uh, even Darren Sproles, like, you know, Missed like one or two catchable balls during the game. Then in the in the last quarter, ended up missing a field goal that would have been key, possibly, to you know, 
putting the game more in reach when we was making our comeback. So it's just like, and that's kind of been like the whole season. It's not like we just bad. It's just, I don't know. It's just like the chemistry is not good. And uh, a big problem I'm having um, is the way that uh, DeMarco Murray is getting the ball when he does get the ball. You know, I want to see that joke in the, in the deep eye, pounding a dive or something. You know, he's not a side runner. And for whatever reason, that's where the, the formation is set up. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me ask I don't you like this. that. I don't is like it the that. offensive line because, like, when when Bradford is under center, Demarco Murray is only averaging 1.7 yards a carry on 15 attempts, and out of the shotgun, he's averaging 3.8 on 73 attempts. Is it is it the offensive line that may be the problem? Because when they line up under center, he still he doesn't do anything. Some of it might be the offensive line, but I mean, but if you look at Demarco Murray, especially last year, you know when he's deep set, pounding tackle to tackle, that's when he's most effective. I mean, that's what he's built to do. So you know he's not a finesse back, and uh, Matthews is having more success because he's he's a he 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 has better agility, you know, on the side. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and definitely Sproles does, but he he never gets the ball. So it's just like, I don't know, man. It's like everything is all just funked up. But, you know, but yet and still because the, the, the division sucks, you know, I'm not panicking because, you know, well, we were just a uh, a win away. Um, but especially if the Giants would have lost, you know, to be yeah. in a commanding league. In first place, not just first place, but you know, but uh, a game, game and a half, two games, you know. So, you know, I'm not panicking, but at the same right. time, I'm just, I'm just glad we're our division is not like the NFC South where one team only has one loss and the other one is no loss. Now that'll be like, okay, it's time to, you know, cut Chip Kelly's head off, send his ass back to Oregon and all that kind of talk. But right now, I'm just playing it cool and, you know, hopefully, you know. It just kind of start falling in place. We got to buy, so uh, I think we need that to kind of just regroup and and, and and see what's starting to shake with the Giants. And you know, hopefully y'all will keep losing, and hopefully Redskins are going on, on a losing streak. You know, because I was shocked when they came back on. Uh, yeah, I was. Tampa too. like that. I mean, That's my mind was gone. That's a bad loss for Tampa. But yeah. uh, then old Kirk Cousins coming into the locker room, press conference after the game, going, you like that, don't you? You like that. <laughs> me up. I just so think it's amazing how, how <laughs> under center with the Eagles, DeMarco Murray's averaging 1.7 yards per carry. But when he was in Dallas, he averaged 4.7 yards a carry. Matter of fact, 1,600 of his 1,800, 1,800 yards last year came under center. But it's not translated. He was under center, though. Look look at the formation. Look how deep he was set. And look look mm-hmm. at how he ran. Look at his routes, you know. Yeah, now he's been after a lateral. Yeah, he can, he's not a lateral runner. Just like Herschel Walker yeah. won a lateral runner. I don't understand. To me, that's 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 just not knowing your personnel. I mean, you know, I, you know I, people can say what they want to by different running backs. Every running back has certain things about him that's strong, certain shit about him is weak. Now, you got certain guys you know, like Peterson or somebody who can pretty much do a little bit of everything. But a lot mm. of these guys, you have to play them to their strength. And I don't believe in bringing a guy in and not doing, you know, you, you give him the money to not put him in the best possible position to be successful. 
then you got to give him the fucking ball. Yeah. You got to give him the ball. Okay. All right. Well, um, I mean, I, I don't know, but I mean, as far as this week was concerned, uh, Ryan Tannehill finished with a perfect passer rating, 18 of 19 for 282 yards, four touchdowns, finished at 158.3. Uh, Derek Carr was second. James Winston, even in a losing effort, had the third highest quarterback rating uh, this week. Uh, Mike Evans finally showed up in Tampa in a losing effort. Eight catches, 164 yards, and one touchdown. T.Y. Hilton, did anyone see T.Y. Hilton when he scored his first touchdown? The Saints were up like 27 to to 6 at the time, and he was dancing in the end zone. What's up? What's up, y'all, with these guys that dance when they lose it? How do you feel they about that? They think about that, mean, that bonus, them clauses in, 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 in those Rich. contracts. Daddy Rich, <laughs> if you're a coach and your team is losing 27-6 to six and your guy's touchdown and starts celebrating in the end zone, man, what would be your reaction to that? Man, when he came to the sideline, I'd be like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> you know better than that, man. We're out here getting our ass kicked. <laughs> and you're out here trying to celebrate, man. You know, come on. Come on. That's that's yeah, crazy, man. I don't get that, man. I don't I don't get that. I mean, he did an when elaborate you, dance too. When you get when you get when you getting your ass skull drug on national television, you should not be dancing. You should just you know maybe a high five or something like that. And walk to the sideline. There is no dance. There's no, no grabbing the pom pom from the cheerleaders like Terrell, like you know like Owens did a few years ago. Just walk your ass to the sideline. You know if you oh. winning, that's one thing. But getting blowed out. Fuck that shit. You come to the Who was the fool? Who was the fool that um, played with Chicago last year that tore his ACL celebrating when his team <laughs> was losing by like three touchdowns? That defensive <laughs> man. I can't remember who that was. I mean, you can have like three touchdowns and you celebrating a sack and then tore your ACL. Man, that was so funny. Yeah, yeah. But some of these celebrations are getting kind of violent anyway because these guys be headbutting and. All that kind of shit and picking you up and dropping you on the ground, all that. Man, fuck all that. <laughs> just, you know, just, just you know, you gotta if you win it, celebrate by yourself. Move the teammates out your way because I don't want to get a concussion by somebody banging my damn helmet. And you know, go on the sideline. You high five me to the sideline. You ain't got to run out on the field, pick my ass up. You know, if you six ten <laughs> and put me back on the ground. Fuck that. Just celebrate yeah. and get to the sideline. I don't want to get that fifteen dollar penalty. Well, I, I well, one of those, I'm walking to the sideline with the ball. Get off me. But, but uh, the, the the only way I wouldn't have a problem with it, man, if it's one of them ways you're losing, but that's like uh, you're not losing where you know you done lost. You know what I'm saying? It's just like uh, everybody getting hyped and, you know, all you need now. Yeah, uh, if you're down by a touchdown. I, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. You're not getting blowed out. Right. Yeah. Damn that. You getting blowed the out. There is no celebration. Yeah, he was down three touchdowns, and it was late in the game, which they did come back, but I'm pretty sure he didn't know that at the time. But. All right, two guys in Florida surprised me this weekend. Lamar Miller and Doug Martin had a good game. Doug Martin's trying to get back on track. You know, he had a really good year, and he just disappeared. But he had 136 yards rushing on Sunday, and Lamar Miller went for 175 yards rushing uh, against Houston. And yeah. he also had another 61 yards receiving. So, uh, yeah, you get he, he's kind of back in the fold. It's back-to-back 100-yard games for him. 
Hey, what's the common denominator though? In both of those games, the quarterbacks, you know, they 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 moved the ball through the air, so that freed up some mm-hmm. some some of those uh some of those uh, defensive schemes where they cheat up, put eight squeeze eight in the box, sometimes nine. When you, when you give an athlete, you thin them fronts out, man, and, and especially like Lamar Miller, he's a fast dude, you know. Yeah, he, he get that ball, shit, man. He can do some stuff, but like I say, Tannehill. Has always killed Miami by playing like a like one game he'll come out he'll do about twice a season he'll look like man this could be the future of this team then he'll just disappear <laughs> you know <laughs> right all right well we'll see what's gonna happen to him going forward but all right got a few who am I's let's see I got uh probably gonna be two easy ones and two tough ones. I'm going to start with one of the tough ones first. I am a 5'11", 192-pound wide receiver who turns 46 years old tomorrow. I was drafted in 1991 in the third round by the Pittsburgh Steelers out of Florida. But I also played for Carolina and the Cowboys. Who am I? Yancey Thigpen. I kill you. Nope, nope. Oh, uh, Somebody say you ain't the dick fan. That no, one wasn't pick me. Five eleven. Hmm. He wasn't a bad receiver. He he was never a full time starter. He returned kicks mm-hmm. even though he wasn't fast. Oh, Randall. Uh, uh, Randall. Uh, oh no, no, he didn't go back that far. He won't take enough. He played eighty nine for most of his career. He was with the Steelers during that Super Bowl run Lips. in nineteen ninety five. No, no, no. Nah, nah. Lewis came at USM. Uh, mm. yeah, that was in eighty three. <laughs> right. <laughs> Matter of fact, that was his best season in nineteen ninety five. He had thirty nine receptions, six hundred and seventy nine yards, and eight touchdowns. Damn, I know who it is too. I think his last name started with T. Nope. Nope. Mm. He played on the other side of Yancey Thigpen and Charles Johnson. Damn, I can't think of that fool name. Yeah. Okay, he All right, I'm about to give Dallas. you this one. I thought it was a tough one. Ernie Mills. Yeah. Golly, yeah. I, I knew who that was. I, I knew who it was. I can't believe I remember that. All right. I am a six foot three, two hundred and eighteen pound defensive back, uh, well, free safety, who turns forty eight years old tomorrow, drafted in nineteen eighty nine in the first round by the Denver Broncos out of Arkansas. Steve Atwater. Atwater. Steven Dennis Atwater. Dennis. The menace Atwater. Finished his career with twenty four tackles and Five sacks, but he had numerous highlights <laughs> from hitting people. You mean two? You mean two hundred forty? Twenty-four? Come on! Yeah, he, he had twenty-four <laughs> interceptions. His best season was five. Oh, oh I thought you said twenty-four okay. tackles. I was like, damn! No, yeah, no, no. Yeah, oh, yeah. he had a yeah. he had a thousand seven thousand seventy-four tackles. Okay, all right. Yep, Steve Atwater. All right, I am a forty. 40- 
two-year-old, five-foot-eleven, two hundred and six-pound running back, drafted in the sixth round in nineteen ninety-five by the Denver Broncos. Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis. Terrell Lamar Davis. Seventy-six hundred yards, sixty touchdowns in eight seasons. I'm sorry, not eight seasons, in uh, seven seasons. I only played like four full seasons. Last one. I am a five foot eleven, one hundred and ninety pound wide receiver who turns thirty nine years old today. Drafted in the second round in 1999 by the Buffalo Bills out of the University of Tennessee. Who yeah, I no, no, no. no. Uh, Peerless Price. Peerless Price. Peerless Lacrosse Price. Lacrosse. That's going to be a tough one. Yeah, I got that one. Yeah. I was big on Peerless Price, too, man, when he was at Tennessee. And he had a couple, well, he had one good year with Buffalo, 94 catches. 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns, but he was he was solid. He was solid. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What else is I going to discuss? Oh, let's, uh, let's get our power rankings out the way and do our top five power rankings. And I'll go ahead and go first. We'll let y'all, give y'all an opportunity to think. Uh, number one team in the league, of course, is the New England Patriots. By far, to me, the number one team in the league. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers second at 6-0 and as the number two team. Um, I'm going to take Cincinnati at 6-0 and being the number three team. Carolina at 6-0 and being the number four team. Now, you would think the number five team would probably be like the Denver Broncos because they're 6-0. and No, I'm not going with Denver. Um, I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Even with two losses at five and two, I like them better than the six and one Falcons and better than the six and zero oh Broncos as my top five. And Eminem, you want to give your top five power ranking, man? Yeah, man. Um, I, you know, I can't argue with, with New England being number one. Um, I'll go ahead and acknowledge Green Bay at number two. All right, now this is where mine get a little different. Um, I put Carolina number three, and Cincinnati uh, at number five, and I go with Denver at number four, not because they undefeated, but because they winning with defense. So, you know, to uh, to have a a whole team basically centered around, you know, whatever the strengths of Peyton Manning was, and now to be undefeated, I mean, that's like uh, – to me, that's that's like you know, like wow, you know, I, I didn't see that at all, you know. And I tell so. you something that a lot of people don't know: Green Bay has actually given up one less point than Denver this season. Now, I definitely didn't know that, but yep. I tell you another stat though. And guess uh, who's tied? Guess who's tied with Denver as far as giving up points? The Minnesota Vikings. They've only given up 102 points. Yeah, yeah, they're doing good. But that's how it was the year the Ravens went to the. The Super Bowl, a stat, yeah. at least for the regular season. I tell everybody, in 2000, the Ravens did not have the top-rated defense in the league in the regular season. It was the Tennessee Titans, even mm-hmm. though they went on and beat them. But it was the Tennessee Titans who had the top-rated defense. Yep. Yeah. All right. So, Ray, what's your power five, man? Uh, I take New England at number one. 
Green Bay at uh, number two. Um, I would have to take um, mm, number three. I like I like uh, Carolina at number three. Okay. I like Seattle at number four. At three and, and four. Okay. Yeah, but you got to look at how they lost the game. And who they lost to. And, and who they lost to. See, Seattle won't clean all that up when it counts. And that's what's really going to matter. You know, yeah, everybody went early. Exactly. And it was close games. So, um, so who we got here? We got New England... Green Bay, Carolina, mm-hmm. Seattle, and mm-hmm. then I will probably I I really like the uh the Pittsburgh Steelers with Big Ben, not who they got or quarterback with mm-hmm. Big Ben. Get Big Ben back in there, they can keep them shitty ass quarterbacks they even had for years and it really doesn't matter. Because they can put up 40 points just like anybody else. And when you put the wide receivers out there, along with Big Ben, along with maybe our Bell, some guys are going to be extremely hard to beat unless you've got a defensive line that's just coming off the ball like it ain't no tomorrow. So yeah. I'm thinking Pittsburgh at number five. Okay. And uh, Daddy Rich? Uh, man, I'm going to go with uh, New England, of course. Uh, Green Bay. I have to say, I kind of like uh, the Panthers at number three, too. I, I like the way they're playing. Their defense is, is there. Mm-hmm. They got pretty good defense. Uh, I'll take Cincinnati at four, just because. Mm-hmm. And Five, I'm 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 teetering along between uh, the Broncos and 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 I'm gonna go with the Broncos. Five. Okay. All right. So, um, and this is for whoever wants to answer it. Who's the worst team in the league? The absolute worst team in the league right now. Jacksonville. No. No, no. Mm-mm. Jacksonville got a juggernaut up there the, on the offense. Um, let me see here. Who's the worst team in the league? I'm going to say the Houston Texans. Okay. I'm going to go with the um, 49ers. Uh, yeah. I guess you could say that. Too. I mean, they've been outscored by 77 yeah. points this year. I know Detroit is has only won one game, and Baltimore's only won one game. But I think they're I think they could both beat the 49ers if they played them. Yeah, probably Tennessee well, too. The Texans. <laughs> yeah, well, they're uh, dismal. Yeah. They ain't too far. They ain't too far from dead. So. Let me give but you right my top now, five. I um, didn't give, give you oh, my sorry, top my five. I'm sorry, my bad. Go ahead, Buck. Go 
Uh, I'm gonna have to go with I'm gonna have to go with the Patriots first, Green Bay second. Um, I I kind of like Atlanta at three. Um, okay. I like Atlanta. I like Atlanta at three, Carolina at four, and Cincinnati at five. Um, okay. Uh, Cincinnati, this I, I don't. I mean, Cincinnati is going to going to choke eventually, and I mean that's why I put them at five. Um, I know Denver's been playing well as far from a defensive standpoint, but that's just what it is, defense. I can't put, you know, they would probably be, you know, those two teams I just mentioned, you know, well, I would put Denver probably at six. Uh, I just don't see, I mean, with Peyton Manning playing the way he's playing, it almost looks like he's playing injured. So I just can't put them in, I can't put them in the top five regardless of what their defense is doing right now. So Okay. Right. And I will, well, I'm going to take the Broncos out of five and put the Jets at five. Okay. I mean, Jets played worthy of that Sunday. They played well. So. And uh, let's see, looking at, like, some of the team statistics, uh, Ray, the Raiders are still getting a lot of penalties, man. It's just the Raider way, I guess. Y'all are number four in the league with penalties uh, with 58 of them. Now, Buffalo's leading the way with 72, which is ridiculous. But um, I know that's something that you probably want to see them cut down on, on penalties and giving people first downs behind that. Now, with turnovers, um, that's where me and Eminem have problems because Philadelphia has 15, they're ranked number four. Dallas has 12, they're ranked number eight. And uh got to tighten that up if you're going to have a chance and I mean, if Dallas could avoid turnovers, and my goodness, I mean, I honestly think we would have an extra couple of wins, but they've got to stop doing the stupid stuff. Um, as far as the offenses go, Arizona has the most um, efficient offense right now, averaging almost seven yards per play. Cincinnati is second, and New England is third. And despite Big Ben being out, um, Green Bay and Pittsburgh are tied for fourth, averaging 6.1 yards per play. So um, those teams are still getting it done offensively, despite injuries and things of that nature. But uh, real quick, uh, the NBA started tonight, and, you know, they're they're kicking off their season. And, you know, I usually can't get into the NBA until after, uh, you know, the all-star break and everything when football is over. But anybody paying attention to it tonight? Uh, I don't want to yeah. ruin it by recording again, like recording the game or something. Put gas to sleep tonight. Golden State's putting gas all over New Orleans. <laughs> oh yeah, they 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 pulling away from them right now. It was mm-hmm. a close game. But the Bulls you know, beat um, Cleveland ninety-seven ninety-five. Um, I mean, so it looks like it was a close game. Uh, as Did far as what happened, yeah, we were looking at most of the game, but you know, we was up by thirteen points and they closed the gap and then they took the lead by eighty-three, yeah. eighty-two, and then you know, LeBron tried to drive, Gasol blocked him and knocked him flat on his ass with three seconds to go, and that was just about it. Yeah, LeBron finished 25-10-5. and five. Uh, Kevin Love had 18 points, eight boards. 
My man Mo Williams out of Murrah High School in Jackson, 19 points and 7 assists. And uh, let's see, Derrick Rose had 18 points and 5 assists on 8 of 22 shooting. So, I um, mean, he didn't shoot that well, but he still got some points. Um, Paul Gasol, 2 points and 2 rebounds. I don't know what happened there, but age is catching up to him. I know he went for 7, but he didn't have a very good game. Uh, let see. Man. Yeah, Detroit beat Atlanta 106-94. So, um, Detroit's off to a good start. Let's see, Caldwell-Pope at 21 points. Uh, Drummond, this fool at 18 points and 19 rebounds. So, he's off to a good start. And uh, so, yeah, the NBA is going right now. Golden State is Got a 15-point lead, lead on the Pelicans. Uh, Anthony Davis has 10 points and four rebounds in the third period. Steph Curry has – hold on, hold on. Yeah, three minutes to go in the third period. I had to look at this. Steph Curry has 40 points and seven assists in the third period. He had 20-something points in the first quarter. 14 of 24 shooting, 5 of 12 from the th- three-point line. Uh, yeah, that guy's stupid. He's just stupid. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, I still haven't watched the Triple G fight from uh, from last week's replay. I'm going to try to get to that sometime soon. But I pretty much heard what happened. And a lot of people are saying the only way Triple G would go down and wait would be to fight Mayweather, of course. Um but, I mean, of course, I don't think that would ever happen. But if Triple G, if, if hypothetically it did happen and Triple G and Mayweather could agree on a weight to meet one another, um, would it still be the same thing that Mayweather is going to make him look bad because he won't be able to hit Mayweather? Oh, no. Nah. Triple G will walk him down sooner or later. Like, if he got him in the center of the ring, he wouldn't be able to hit him. But as far as Backing him into a corner like you see what Floyd does in a lot of fights where he's turned his head and closed his eyes and, you know, turned away from punches. He, Triple G will hit him. And when he does, he's not going to react well to it. And, you know, you can only roll your shoulders so much if it's broken. So I would I would love to see the fight, but if I was Floyd, I wouldn't take the fight. I can't blame him for not taking the fight. But that Triple G, I mean, he's he's, he's impressive. He what a fighter supposed to be. He's not a businessman. He's a fighter, and that's what you got to do best because the money gonna be there if you take care of business in the ring. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. And not this Saturday, but next Saturday, Timothy Bradley fights Brandon Rios. So I look forward to seeing that. I don't know if it's going to be on um, where it's going to air. I don't think it's pay-per-view. It better not be pay-per-view. No, Okay. Miguel Cotto and, and Canelo Alvarez, of course, is pay-per-view. That's coming in about four weeks. But um, I will be somewhere watching that one. I am very interested in that fight. So, and Vladimir Klitschko and Tyson Fury fight Thanksgiving weekend. And if that's on HBO, even if it's at four in the afternoon, like most of his fights, I'm going to watch that. 
If you all haven't seen Tyson Fury fight, um, he's a tall, lanky guy. I mean, Tyson Fury is is very tall. I mean, he's like six nine, so he has the size and the reach to hit uh, Klitschko. Now he's twenty four and zero with eighteen knockouts, but he's been tested. I mean, I've seen him get rocked and you know come off, you know, being injured pretty badly and win a fight. Now, I don't, I'm not saying he's good enough to beat Klitschko because he is a little lanky and Klitschko can kind of bully him around and put that jab on him. But uh, I think it's going to be an interesting fight. It's the first time in a long time that Klitschko's fought somebody that I actually want to see him fight. So, And then on December 5th, Daniel Jacobs, 30-1 uh, and one with 27 knockouts. He holds the uh, WBA uh, middleweight title, and yeah, he's going up against Peter Quillen, 2-0, one draw with 23 knockouts, WBO middleweight title. So that's going to be a nice matchup come December 5th. So the boxing is still getting it done. And if you all didn't see the um, fight from last week, the undercard, this kid, Roman Roman Gonzalez, a little flyweight, man, y'all need to watch that. Yeah. That guy can yeah. get out fight. Yeah. Did y'all see uh, Terrence Crawford? Mm. And um, I hadn't watched that. I had just started watching that one. But um, I know he fought that, uh, who was that guy he fought? Some hating guy, wasn't he? Uh, he, he uh, John, he, somebody I John. Yeah. yeah, John, something like that. Yeah, yeah but he, he, he put it on him. So, That's yeah, why I to... ain't, ain't, ain't nowhere for these guys to run no more. Nah, they ran out of room. Either, either you retire or it's going to be some problems. And like Adrian Broner and all them tears, Crawford and them there, you can only run for so long. Mm-hmm. And when Crawford told him to get him, I don't care what's going on. I want to see that fight. Well, well, Crawford, you know, he's a lightweight and, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think of some other good like lightweights. Uh, oh, it's a lot of them out there. Yeah, I'm mean? gonna say you got a, um, quite a few good ones. A lot of people for him to fight. I don't know who's gonna want to fight him. Um, I mean, you never know how that goes. But or would you? Well, I guess he's a, a super lightweight. I think he's a little bigger than some of the other well, ones. I mean, but uh, one one forty one forty seven, you can fight either one. Yeah, but, he could fight. Uh, I mean, an Adrian Broner, uh, Provodnikov, or Matisse. Uh, there are yeah. a lot of pretty good names around that, that that weight that he can really get into it with. But so these guys they, got to see, have to see in their lanes, though, because see a lot of guys like Keith uh, Thurman. Is a hard hitter. You move up to 147 and you match up with a guy like that, you somebody going to get a one on their record. If you 140, <laughs> stay, stay at 140. If you 147, you better stay at 147. Because they come up, you're near Triple G, somebody going to get their head split. And a lot of these guys, they're looking at the money instead of looking at their career and the longevity of it. As long as you fight everybody in your weight class, can't nobody say nothing to you. It's my problem is you got a guy ranked number one, 
right number two, and you jump around fighting the guy that ain't even right. That's just crazy to me. Yeah. Now, the, the, they get this straight with the Kodo and, and Samalo Alvarez. The winner must fight Triple G. But right. This is what I want to say to you guys. If Triple G is the middleweight champion, 160 pounds, all this catch weight and stuff like that, it should not be allowed. Triple G is the 160-pound champion, and he's fighting at 160 if we're fighting for middleweight titles. Now, if you're just having a fight, now you can have a catch weight wherever you want to. Right, but, but if you want that belt. Going on. Yeah, so boxing is, is going into what it needs to be. And no disrespect, Floyd Floyd is a great champion. But at the same time, for a guy to be able to it, and I and I don't know what's wrong with a lot of us. You know, we don't want to look at things for what it is. You know, they let guys tell you something that ain't worth selling. Just like Kanye West, he put out the Yeezys and charged over five six hundred dollars for them, and they ain't shit but house shoes. You know what I'm saying? But but because they because they charge me, they go to six hundred right. and then go back on the internet to two and three thousand dollars. And we think that's all right. Nike make the best shoes. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, Triple G, he has Miguel Cotto. He could fight, you know, the winner of Cotto, Alvarez, you know, maybe a Peter Quillen or Andy Lee. I don't I don't think he's fought Andy Lee. Uh, some pretty good middleweights out there. So, all right. We'll get ready to wrap this thing up, fellas. Appreciate you all hanging out, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Preview what's coming up next week. Uh, maybe get into some college, and then we're talking to college this go around, but maybe get us into some college um, on tomorrow as well. And um, anything else that may come to mind, any NBA news that, you know, depending on if uh, if uh, Steph Curry goes for 70 tonight or not. <laughs> but that dude right now is killing it. So, what about the World uh, Series? What's happening? Huh? What's happening? What ha- what's happening with the World Series? Uh, World Series. What's this World Series you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm I'm like Joe Namus. I don't care about all that. The Mets are struggling. Um, right now, they're in the top of the 13th, tied at four. So they're still going on, top of the 13th. Wow. Yeah, so Bartolo Colon is in pitching for the Mets right now. Um, he's in his second inning. And um, Kansas City has Chris Young um, pitching for them. So, uh, yeah, first game is a pretty good one. And if you're on the East Coast, it's 1 o'clock, and you still don't know who's one game one. So that's what's going yeah. on. Players are getting ready to get their seventh at bat. All right, fellas. I know they're getting ready to cut me off. Appreciate you all hopping on. And like I said, we'll do it again tomorrow. Get into some more zone coverage after the main topic. Preview the next week of football, the Thursday night game. Um, We'll see if Dan Campbell has really turned around the Dolphins or not when they play New England um, on Thursday night. And we'll get into some other games as well. So, Again, you've been listening to Zone Coverage on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinion. Go to TalkToQ.com for more show information. 
Everyone have a good night. Peace out. No theme song.